Welcome back to another episode of Getting Strange with Stevie Moe. I'm Stevie Moe, currently sitting in what might be my parents' basement. Eh, who fuck knows? <laughs> Times are tough, guys. Don't fucking judge me. And I'm uh, I'm on a Zoom call with a, with a good buddy of mine here, and uh, he doesn't live in his parents' house. He lives in his own house. I got Christian Arnold from, uh, is it now, is it Hunters of the 256, or is it just, because I always read that wrong on Instagram. I'm like... Everyone back and looked at today. Yeah. I'm like, don't fuck it up. I, I just I see hunters of the two five six or hunters of two five six. You can put the though in there. It makes it sound a little more professional. But yeah, it's uh, hunters of the two five six. That's just our area code. Now that's uh two five six. When you look it up, um, that is uh bumfuck Egypt, as a lot of people would say. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere down in good old Alabama. Am I am, am I am I spot on here? Oh yeah, right right beside fucking nowhere. Uh, we're tucked where I live. We're tucked in between two mountains, right under the radar. Can't see shit. We're about uh, you know where Chattanooga is, Tennessee. Yeah. Yep. It's like we we tell everybody that's close to where we're from, and it's like two hours away. So if that tells you how close we are to anything, <laughs> now I I find it hard to believe because uh, after all the. Uh, people I've ever heard on late night talk shows. Um, you're saying you're in Alabama, but you have internet. And what the late night talk show host would say that shouldn't happen. Am I correct? I just, about two years ago, it just finally come through. Uh, we <laughs> rocked HughesNet. We had HughesNet, and uh, I mean, I'm not that old, but I can remember in high school we had fucking dial up. So I mean, there was no fucking getting on the internet doing schoolwork for danger. Oh fuck, dude! I remember. I remember the old school AOL, and you had to sit there and connect. And if someone picked up the phone, it was bad. <laughs> Dude, I remember one time I was homesick from school, and if someone was online, like you couldn't, you couldn't call them. You couldn't call the house for shit. They finally, my mom ended up paying for like this service that you could see if like a call came in, and it was like a, uh, uh, it was like an answer machine for your internet. Right, it was yeah. it was weird. So the call would come in, you'd have this little icon come in, and uh, I remember I was at uh, I was homesick, which eh, I tend to do that a lot in my adult life. <laughs> but I'm sitting there like looking around online, and all of a sudden I see this blip come up, and it's my mom calling because like my grandma used to watch us, and I hear her like come through and it's like super crackly hair come through she's like you're supposed to be at home sick not playing on the fucking internet get off the goddamn internet like your fucking grandma I'm like oh god damn <laughs> and this is at like nine o'clock in the morning so i thought she would have forgot by the time she got home and oh fuck no <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't an important phone call that she had to make to my grandma she just had to like ask her to turn the like the crock pot on low or whatever but nope nah, i got i got I got caught and I was like, oh, fuck. You know, it it was what it was, bro. We had had it. My dad was early 2000s. He was trying to get his business started and we were in there downloading fucking illegal music off the LimeWire and shit. He had had to tell people, he was like, hey, look, you know, seven o'clock is usually our business hours on calling at the house because as soon as a fucking call would come through, but like, hell no, I've been waiting for this one song to download for three hours. I'm not, I'm not changing, taking this call right now. God, but, uh, dude, I definitely have. The, the most redneck thing you can say about it, my family getting internet, when we finally got enough service, and it, it took like 
fuck, an hour and a half to download uh, a music video. The first thing we looked up was Country Boy Can Survive by Hank Williams Jr. Like my whole family just gathered around fucking <laughs> Super Bowl or something. What that be? <laughs> It was like the space shuttle launch, except it's a fucking country boy cancer five out there. That is that is super fucking trashy and I love it. <laughs> Your PBR cracking in the midst behind everybody. Is that is that now is that what you fucking hillbillies drink down there is PVR? No, nah, uh down here in Natty's pretty Michelob's kind of taken over. Everybody's drinking Michelob Ultra now, but Natty's Natty's what everybody's dad used to drink down here, and hell, that's what I drink. Uh, I like natural light, bush light, but Natty's pretty still still pretty dominant down here. You know what's uh what's funny? One time we did, uh, it was I don't know if it ever got released. I know for sure we filmed it. It was uh. It was like a little thing for working class. And uh, I remember <laughs> I remember Sam, Kurt's wife, wasn't taking any drinks. Found out later it was because she was pregnant. Uh, you know, it was like it, no, no one kind of questioned it. She was like serving us. And we all had to take some of these shitty beers and like take like blind taste tests and sip them and see which ones they were. And we had to vote on them. Well, we got Natty Light <laughs> and Kurt was like. This one was my favorite. It has to be, has to be Bush because that's what we were all drinking. It turns out it was Natty Light, and he goes, "God damn!" He's like, "Man, I think being a hillbilly is just so inbred in me that I'm just like pre predestined to like this." So there was a good stretch where we were drinking Natty Lights and not telling anybody, but all of a sudden, like that whole Bush Latte thing was taking off. So it was like, "Yeah, fuck, don't tell no one we're drinking fucking Natty Lights." And then Natter Days came out. And that shit was like a game changer, and I can't drink this shit no more because I drank so much of it. But Natty Light's good. Uh, to... The one, with, the one with the flamingos and shit. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember when that came out. Uh, the The year that came out, we were at the Iowa Deer Classic, and I remember I was drinking that because the, the like Beer Can Alley was like the only place that had it. So this would have been three, four years ago, and. I'm, I'm I'm drinking it, and we're all hanging out talking. And Mark Jury happened to be there, and like we caught eyes because like you know anytime you're like a Mark Jury, people are just want to just talk to you about like the same fucking deer story over and over, which that's fine. Those guys will always talk, but it's just like man, they're at the bar, they're trying to have a good time. So he catches eyes with me. He's like, oh god damn. He's like, dude, that dude told me the same story I heard for like forty times a day. He's nice, but he kept telling me it. And he looks down at me. He goes. The fuck are you drinking? I go, oh, dude, it's pretty fucking good. You want me to go get you one? He's like, no, I'm not drinking that shit. I'm like, it's strawberry lemonade beer. Hey, hard no, <laughs> hard fucking no. But when they first came out, my dad's kind of a hard ass, like old school. He's like, drink, drink, drink fucking beer or whiskey. So I remember when those come out, we we're having, a, we we're cooking or something out at their pool, and a buddy of mine brought one, and he's like, hell, try this. Well, hell. He handed me one. I think he was drinking Miller Lite or Michelob or something. I saw my dad coming out. And I was like, switch the cans real quick. I was like, he ain't calling me a pussy today. <laughs> he got up from the buggy and unloaded on his ass. He's like, what the fuck are you drinking? Hey, your kid drank it too. <laughs> yeah. It is Michelob. So I, and now my dad always, always was a bushlight drinker. 
He just switched to Michelob Ultra or yeah, Light Michelob Ultra. And for absolutely no reason, that shot up in price like you wouldn't believe. I remember when that beer was cheap because no one was fucking drinking it. And all yeah, of a sudden it, it looks like and shit. Yeah, it's like uh you know, because there's no carbs, but now that I think like a uh like eighteen pack of that is like twenty six ninety nine up here. I'm like, yeah, when did the I used to be able to get an eighteen pack of that for ten bucks. And they literally like almost tripled the price because everybody's drinking it. And I'm like, who in the fuck still is drinking this? There's way better options than drinking that shit. I mean, it's nice because I got slim cans and you can stuff them stuff a lot of them fuckers in a golf bag, but other than that, I I'd rather just take my chances with tall boys on the golf course, you know what I mean? You're talking about a good uh, or a good golf drink. I was thinking of the other day. If you had one of the Goat Island uh bloody orange I think it's blood orange. What is it? It's called a Goat Island Blood Orange. Mm-mm. I think they said blood orange. There, it's like a fucking grapefruit or something. It's it's like a breakfast beer. That's <laughs> what I call it. I never had it. <laughs> we was at my buddy's wedding and uh, we showed up like super fucking early. And I was like, well, it was like seven thirty. I was like, why the fuck are we here so early? He's like, we gotta take pictures. I was like, oh hell, we're, did you get any beer for us? He's like, I think we're supposed to have something like at lunch or something. So I go in the fridge and there's like one of these. Like there's a whole fucking 12 pack of these things and it just had like a sticky note on it from his mom it's like a breakfast beer i'm like i gotta fucking try this it tastes like grapefruit like, this would be badass if golf i don't play golf i go with my brother i'm kind of like the designated uh what's a, a car driver <laughs> but you just get shit tanked <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah you're just no, not the one fun. just not the one golfing i uh well, I'm a lefty, so that's why I can always be like, well, nobody's got clubs, and I'm broke, so I'm not buying any fucking clubs. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I, uh, I remember one time, this is the first time I ever had that PBR coffee. We were going to, I was looking at, you know, going to hunt this uh, this big piece up in uh, up in Iowa, and we're at my buddy's, uh, buddy's dad's house, and... You know, we're like driving around looking for some shit. Well, we got we got pretty fucked up the night before. I mean, small town Iowa got tanked. They wanted to go back to the bar where this is where like everybody hangs out because they serve food there. So that's where we're gonna go for breakfast. The same people that were there on Friday night were showing up in the same fucking clothes, bright and early, just to get a little hair of the dog, some bloody marys, and man, I'm so fucking. Just like I, I, I'm like barely functioning at this point because I thought I could drink quite a bit, and uh, I got a little wet that night, and that that wasn't a good, that wasn't a good morning. So we finally roll out of there. We get to the bar on like nine ten thirty. You know, everyone else is rolling in there. I'm like, I gotta get some fucking hair of the dog in me, dude, because I am not gonna make it. So I see one of those Pabst Ribbon coffees. All right, let me try one of those. And it was like one of the best drinks I've ever had in my fucking life. <laughs> you, the, dude, I'm I'm telling you, grab one. And that's 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 a breakfast beer. Now, what was even funnier about that story is there was some lady in there that she she, she was uh, she was a cougar. She wasn't looking too bad. 
she, she saw us walk in there and her eyes lit up like she was dolled up already like had a drink in front of her and shit i'm like it's like 10 30 in the morning she's like what are you boys out doing I'm like getting fucking breakfast to get this hangover what the fuck are you doing in this bar lady and like in this I'll throw, I'll throw his name out there, Nick. It's a buddy's little brother. I didn't know him quite so well, but he looked at me and he's like, "Hey, Moeller." He's like, "Let's take her to Paris, dog." I'm like, "Oh fuck no, dude! It's too early for this bullshit." So we go out, and it's hotter than fuck. We go out, and this is this is funny. If you listen to the uh, thoughts from a Steve series, which I know you do, but for all the other listeners, that's on the Working Class Bowhunter Patreon. I don't think I've ever mentioned that I do that. Ten bucks a month, exclusive content. This is the same day that I went up and met Jeremy Beck at uh, <laughs> up at uh, uh, up in Decor at Toppling Goliath. This is the same fucking day. So we go up there. I'm sweating my ass off. We're like driving around looking at this property. We're with Austin, buddy Austin, his little brother Nick, and their dad Bruce. Brucey's a fucking character. They call him Shetland Pony for a reason, because the dude is hung like a fucking Shetland Pony. We're driving around. We're kind of looking at some stuff. They're giving me like a uh, layout of the area because their dad's a farmer that works for this farm. And they're just showing me all the all the spots we can hunt. And it's like, all right. So naturally what we're doing, you know, start. We get back to the truck. It's super hot. Pull out the uh, old vape pen and uh, start getting real nice and high. I was like, hey, Brucey, hit this. And he don't. You know, he don't care either way. He takes a big fucking tug off this dab pen. And he, he sits there for like two minutes. And then we're like, okay, we're going to go check this other spot. We go run down in there, looking around, find some spots. I drop some pins. I'm like, okay, well, if I make it back up here, I want to set some stands up here. You know, because I didn't. I, I, I didn't I didn't bring any stands. I probably should have probably could have hung a couple, but it, I didn't know what our time frame was going to be. You know, I just wanted to get a layout, find out if I actually could hunt this. So we dropped some pen or some, uh, some pins, get back to the truck. <laughs> Bruce is in a, an awake coma. He's just like staring out the window. He gets back in there and he's like, all right, let's go back to the bar. It is like, <laughs> it's like one thirty. Like we basically just kind of, I just got like kind of outlines of where all the timber was, you know, just like kind of show me where if I do want to go back in here further where I can go. So 12 o'clock, bro, we head right back to the bar and then we just start getting shit tanked. Same cougar still waiting. She had left. She had left with, I guess, one of the other towns. <laughs> What's that? I had to pick up her grandkids. <laughs> yeah, dude. So someone else, uh, someone else came in. Like the there's a, the one guy that was still in his baseball uniform from the game. Like, like when he showed up at that bar, he didn't leave there. Like he got there at nine and was still there when we got back there, like one or two. And we knew we had to leave soon so we could head up to go because uh, we're still south of where we needed to be. And dude, I. I was like, man, I got to kind of get together because Jeremy and Alicia were driving down from um, they're like Lacrosse, Wisconsin. So it was like a two hour drive, but he was super stoked because he was like driving around. And, you know, and if you know anything about Jeremy Beck, like that dude is a, a, a monster and nothing's going to excite him more than being able to 
go do cool shit, drive around. And it gave him, like, I'm pretty sure he started putting in points for Iowa because he's like, man, this looks like the best deer hunting the best deer hunting area he's ever seen. And he's like, and I have been to Lord Chandler's house a few times. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, there's that, you know, sitting but, on a damn honey hole. It sounds like, yeah. So that was that whole story. I don't know why I told the whole thing about, you know, getting, dr- Oh, cause we started talking about fucking morning beers, breakfast. beers. <laughs> started talking about paps. I started talking about cougars and fucking looking out in the woods and getting my buddy's dad stoned and, Getting back there, but <laughs> that's that was kind of like a, a wild day. I always remember that. You know, it's just I and I I never ended up going back up there, man. It was like two, three years ago, and I guess uh, I guess old Brucey isn't going to be living there anymore. But uh, well, we'll see. We'll see if I can pick up some other spots. But I don't know. I'm I'm pretty excited for this. See, I. That's that's what I was just about to get into because I, I know you you guys down in Alabama, fuck your season starts here we pretty start, quick, right? Yeah, we start Friday. It, they bumped us back. It should have been this weekend, but they bumped us up to like the what is Friday the twenty fifth? Yeah, I think so. We start Friday. You season was this weekend, but uh, we'll go till like May second, I think, and then I got in Georgia till May eleventh. Yeah, I got to. Um, I'm on a project at work that is requiring me. I got to be there every Saturday until the project's done. And they're saying May 19th. Well, now they're pushing that back to maybe June ish. So all my Saturdays are essentially just booked up, which money's good, but goddamn, I'm ready to not fucking be at that place anymore. Nothing yeah. wrong with it. It's just, it, it was an office remodel and it just, it sucks. You know, you start to really like new construction more than like remodels because now you're up in there. Then when they put all the fucking ductwork in, they put it in with no ceiling grid, no extra data wires, no extra fucking pipes. Bro, they just set that shit up and never thought about it again. Now I got to go in there and every single Saturday when all my friends are having fun, I'm in here dealing with bullshit. And I'm like, man, fuck this, dude. I fucking hate this shit. Fuck this. Boss comes by. Who you winning? Shut the fuck up. Hear <laughs> him fucking giggle. All right, I'll, I'll leave well, you at it. You do it. You do electrical, don't you? No, I do HVAC. HVAC, okay. So it's like my brother a, does. Yeah, and it's it it's cool. Like up here, you know, we were talking. Um, we were talking earlier about you know what the uh, like property taxes and shit because I'm on the Iowa Illinois border, and for what. It, it, it's weird. Like what I do, like our scale is like one of the, the highest in Iowa, but the lowest in Illinois. It's weird just because man, when you start having States come in and you know, you have one being a right to work and not, and you know, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, you're, you're a Southern Southern boy, so I don't know how you feel about, about unions, but I, I was always kind of like, you know, always going back and forth you know, I got I got a lot of like people like in my ear. You know, when I was going through school, where it was like, yeah, they're good. And then you have like the kids who like their parents were more uh, more Republican, being like, "Our oh, unions are fucking trash." Man, you kind of get into it, and you're like, for what it is, it's good. Like I'm making good money. 
I got like a retirement and a pension. I don't think I'm going to live long enough to cash those in, but at least they're going to fucking be there. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of a nice little bargaining chip. Like I told my, uh, I told my old lady and you know, she's 10 years older than me. And I'm like, you know, I'll probably still die before her. <laughs> Just, <laughs> and I'm like, I go, you know, it's like shit. She's going through, she's going through a, a, a divorce and she's going to lose half her pension. I'm like, you fucking marry me. Then you get half of mine. Shit. <laughs> like so you can break even. That's a good little bargaining you, chip. Yeah, you know, fuck. I'm like, hey, you want you want half my shit? <laughs> you might get the trigger in the end. You never know. Oh fuck that. She ain't get, she don't know what to fucking do with that. She lets me cook all the meat. Dude, I made <laughs> I made her I made her some ribs that were so good that dude between you and me, I got my dick sucked with nothing. I didn't have to do anything back. She sucked me off, and I didn't have to eat her out. <laughs> That's how good those ribs were. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you. I'll tell you, dude. I, I, I was so happy with how those turned out, too. I'm like, fuck, I would have sucked my own dick, too. If <laughs> and, uh, and I did not use... I did not use any uh, Sweet Baby Rays, I hate to tell you. And I see I've been looking at it up there on your fucking shelf. I was wondering where you going to catch that shit. I, I saw it I was like, I'm going to put this on. I saw that motherfucker immediately as soon as I put it on. I'm like, oh, yeah. Dude, we, uh, I, I don't know that I've actually ever talked about Sweet Baby Rays sauce on here. At least not on this episode. But, dude... Maybe it is worth mentioning because now you've been you've been following this this whole thing like <laughs> there is no reason that Mark Zuckerberg would be so fucking adamant about this sauce if there wasn't something about it. Uh, like, yeah, there's gotta be. Dude, he talks about that fucking sauce like Bill Gates and all these other politicians talk about vaccinations. Yeah. Like just casually slipping it in, like he had, and he actually had a sweet baby rays on it. Just got to put the sweet baby rays. On. <laughs> Ooh, we got to get the sweet baby rays. Like, dude, and he had it on his bookshelf. Like he legit. Uh, what interview? What interview was that? That it was on his bookshelf. Ah man, uh, was it, wasn't it pretty legit? Like who he was talking to, or it? I yeah, it wasn't like um. This might have been at like those at home things, so it could have been anyone like a like a nightly news or you know, like a Forbes or something. But yeah, I've, I've remember seeing the screenshot. I'm like, there's no way that's real. And you go back and watch the actual footage; it's fucking real. Fucking there. <laughs> like, why? Well, and I and don't get me wrong. I'm still trying to figure out how to live. <laughs> he uh. I don't know. I I I buy it now just because of the just because of the gimmickness of it. But it, it, I just the love of this particular barbecue sauce. I I I think it's good. I think there's a lot of other better sauces out there. Yeah. But I just I I, I can't. Uh, I that that's what made me think. I'm like, bro, there's got to be something else behind it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, dude, you don't. You don't get that obsessed with a particular sauce and be like as influential because who who is honestly who's more famous than Mark Zuckerberg, like the president of the United States? Yeah. You know, for someone of that level to be talking about be doing 
So, man, there, there, there's something in it. That's what I'm telling you. It, it is legit brain sauce. Like, he wants more. And you know what? I could be completely wrong. He might own fucking stock in that company, and he's just trying to make his money not only in the Facebook world, but the fucking barbecue world. When he'd be watching. Dude, they're just. They're, he's going to get us all fattened up so that, like, when all these fit countries come through and, like, <laughs> all the Americans are too fucking fat to fight back. It's like you can't, you can't, you're too fat to pull your fucking concealed carry out. That's that's how they're going to I got to get my country reinstated. I've had him on fucking Facebook on the couch for 20 years. Yanked <laughs> him with this sweet baby Ray's drink fluid. Fuck, I'm, I'm telling you, that's, that's, the only, that's the only explanation. Uh, speaking of barbecue sauce, and this would be a fun transition because I know you're big, and that's kind of how we started talking about pro wrestling. If you've ever or never had JR's barbecue sauce, I highly suggest you do. It's fucking good shit. I have to try it. I hear it all the time on Conrad's, like him promoting and everything. I've never tried it. Though. I was kind of wondering if it was just kind of gimmicky or if it was actually good. No, it's like legitimately good. I remember for Christmas one year when I was working at the record store, the other guy is like the buddy Ian. He was like, the biggest pro wrestling fan that I knew. And, and still, so, like, he's super knowledgeable, like, you know, knows all the, uh, you know, all the promotions, what all the indies are doing, and just, like, because that, that, that was, like, his thing. You know, we, you, you, you want to pick his brain about fucking wrestling, dude. You, you'll learn a lot of shit. And for, uh, for Christmas, him and his old lady got me, because they come in three packs, but they gave me two of them because he goes, we had to keep one for ourselves just to try it. I'm like, oh, that's, I totally get that. Had two bottles of that, and it came with an autographed Jim Ross card and an autographed menu of that restaurant he used to own. And it, fuck, where was it? I think that restaurant, yeah. I, I thought it was down in Alabama somewhere. I might be wrong. Uh, he, shit, I don't know. What was the name of it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I keep that shit like right next to me, uh, cause like I have this desk. And let me fuck. Oh, let me look. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, I found a copy of Beyond the Mat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit. I, you know, I just saw it the other day, and I think. Oh, I think I know where it is. It's over there. I just moved a bunch of shit around. There's my tax documents. I'm gonna file fucking taxes. Ah, I can't. I can't find it. It used to be sitting right next to me, but uh, it, I mean, it was like the full menu and everything. It looked cool. It's just the way they talked about it, like he dumped some money into it. And when they did road construction, they took the exit that you could get off there, and they moved it so you would pass it. And the only way you could get to it is either you go a mile down the road and get there or you go a mile down the road the other way and get there like just I restructured it so like <laughs> okay, piss poor business planning like really killed that business off because nobody was going to drive like two miles round trip just to get to a restaurant they could see right on the side of the road like it was pretty fucking stupid but, that sounds about like Alabama construction so yeah and I can't I, I think it might have been there I might be wrong I remember them just telling a story but yeah, you uh I could probably see you and you enjoying Conrad's because you both are Alabama boys. 
Yeah, I I listened to him for like a year before I even knew he was from Alabama. I mean, I, I, and going back and listening now, there's all he always drops something about Alabama, but like in the early years, never really even picked up on it. But I listened to Grill and Jr. pretty good bit. Pretty cool stories on there, especially when they go in and you know watch the old matches. Man, I I always look forward to Grill and Jr. But it sucks when like the only episode you got is like a watch along, and I'm driving, so I can't sit there and watch along with it. So you just got to kind of hear yeah. them talk. And I like three hours fucking long too. So you, I mean, when you get home, you can't really sit there and watch it with them, you know? Yeah, you're like I, I, I don't have. If you say if you skip work all day, sick shitting your guts out. I guess you can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was on TikTok most of the day. I I couldn't. Oh boy, I I, I couldn't. If I like moved, I just felt my stomach like burr, 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 burr. like I shouldn't be drinking beer now because I'm like I'm starting to feel it like it's it it, it ain't going well in my tum tum like my tum tum hurts. Uh, what about Stone Cold at Mania? That gave me a reason, I guess, to get the WWE Network for a month. Yeah, that's right. I was gonna I was gonna transition. Well, I was gonna tell you about the house show uh, where Kevin Owens was at, but that's a, that's actually a really good transition too. Um, I just watched him on Rich Eisen. Steve Austin was on there. Yeah, he he, he looked fucking good, dude. He was he was looking like he never got out of shape, but he was looking real good. And I remember when Kevin Owens got re-signed. Like there was that rumor that they wanted him and Austin at Mania, and nobody's like released any of the things. But on on Rich Eisen, uh, or no one no one's released like what. Because it's a two-hour or two-day show, so no one has said like what matches are going to be on what day. But Steve Austin did pretty much confirm that Saturday he's going to do it. So you're going to assume if that's going to close out the show on Saturday, that'll be a full match. Kevin Owens is looking real, real trim. But when uh, when he was getting ready to, you know, his contract was coming up, and he started talking about maybe shifting to AEW. I'm going to guess that's probably a big chip that they were like, hey, you want to resign? We'll get you Austin at Mania and, you know, a big pay bump. And Austin's taking, you know, 20 years off. I mean, they, I'm sure you know, Kevin Owens is such a professional that, you know, they're not going to be dropping him on his head and, you know, kind of protecting him. Yeah. But, yeah, when he called out Stone Cold, I was like, well, we'll see. And then I think it was maybe two days later when Stone Cold filmed that vignette, and it was the old Stone Cold. I'm like, holy fuck, this dude didn't miss a beat. Uh, he, just, he looks the same. He just looks older. But, I mean, I, he was bald already, but I guess I guess his goatee going a little gray. <laughs> but, I mean, he looked yeah, he did, more wrinkles. He was looking, yeah, he was on, like I said, he was on Rich Eisen, dude. He, the vein was popping out. He was still looking fucking shredded. It's like, God damn, what is he, 54? He's got to be, he's got to be 52, 53. And, you know, you think about it like The Rock's 50 now. But The Rock yeah. is just a, a, an absolute, absolute genetic freak. Uh, Dude, I'm I'm really like the inner kid in me is like really hoping for a full on Stone Cold match, and not like, not like one where like, you remember when he came back and whooped Eric Bischoff's ass? Yeah, that was fun, but I don't want to see a Steve Austin squash match. You know, I yeah, I, I, I want to see it, but kind of 
I, I don't want it to be like, and I'm pretty sure it was the first, like when Goldberg came back, when, you know, under the new brought Lesnar reigns. And like, I think it was 2017. It was like a 45 second match or something. You know, Is that'd be, be cool. I mean, any, any kind of stone cold you could get is going to be badass, but I would like for it to be, you know, as lengthy as he can make it. Cause who knows? I mean, he's probably, this might be his last match. Yeah. It, <laughs> never say never because the rock did like that one-off thing and i remember when he came back yeah he ended up wrestling what four or five matches that yeah, he, he wanted to build it uh the chamber didn't he because didn't rock come into he came into the second mania he was at with the belt against Cena. i think he won the belt at the elimination chamber I could be wrong on that. No, he beat CM, CM Punk and him wrestled. Uh, I want to say twice, and he got the belt because this is when like the the Shield debuted. Actually, um, yeah. I'm trying to think because I remember, I remember Miz and r Truth beating the shit out of the Rock when the cage came down. So it might have been at Elimination Chamber when he wrestled. I, I, no. His comeback match was... Now I remember this was Survivor Series because I was like 20 or 21. Like, I was getting ready to turn 21. So this would have been like November uh, 2010. Yeah. And he was in a tag team match with John Cena. Am I remember that right? Because at twenty at twenty seven he WrestleMania twenty seven he was the host and then at the as like the main event of twenty seven he announced you know they was gonna have that match at WrestleMania twenty eight and didn't they have a rematch at WrestleMania twenty nine or was there just one I was thinking there was two matches there there was a, there was two once in a lifetime matches <laughs> yeah. Fucking great, great promo name for that. Yeah, well, dude, if you want to, uh, if you want to talk about like really good promos, and this, I, I still go back and watch it a lot. Um, go look up CM Punk in the Rock promos. It's like two different generations, but God, it's like that. That was a really good feud. I, I, I thought they could have done more with it, but I think they did exactly what they needed to do. And I, I, you know, if you had like the, well, it's on Peacock now, but the WWE Network. Yeah, watching the couple of Raws before they're, and I'm I'm pretty sure they wrestled two matches. I know, unless there was like a because I think there was a goofy ass finish on one of them, or maybe they wrestled two, but like for sure Punk got beat and lost the belt to The Rock. God damn, I want to say that was Re- or Royal Rumble, but that was awesome shit. And then like, fuck, it would have been couple years later that that's when CM Punk ended up leaving and then yeah. you know the rest of, ended up being uh being history which being in attendance to see CM Punk wrestle for the first time in seven years was awesome I actually had I got tickets offered to me to go up to where the the first dance that would have been the second rampage where he came out and dude I didn't I knew like AEW was in like such a good, good place, and wrestling was in a great place because of it. But yeah, what's happened in the past like seven eight months? 
It's fucking incredible, dude, for like a, a lifelong wrestling fan, you know, and then the recent pay-per-view, CM Punk coming out in, you know, his old Ring of Honor gear to AFI, and it was like, holy shit. I was watching that with a bunch of fucking... It's like tearing, just tearing the fucking wall down. You get to see you know, everything that you know, but they just, they've never been able to show it to you. Now you get to, you know, witness it. Yeah, I dude, I was watching that with um, a bunch of guys that... uh you know, they're, they're SCW wrestlers and a lot of them have worked with punk, you know, or they know him, know a lot of like they, they'd followed the indie scene for a long time. So watching that with a bunch of these guys that are like in it was incredibly cool. I made the fucking joke when punk came out in those shorts, I go, Oh, those will be on pro wrestling tees in like a week. My buddy, Mike just sent me like two days ago, two days ago. He's like, look what I just fucking bought. And they're the white basketball shorts. Or is it like punk? And then they say like straight edge on. I'm like 45 bucks. So I'm like, that's fucking cool. And he's, what's he? He's 40, 41, you know, but he's been a lifelong wrestling fan too. And that's kind of what's cool about this area. You know, there's a pretty decent wrestling history here, but it's like when I, when I met my old lady, you know, I, I basically was like telling her, like, look, if we go hang out with my friends, there's a lot of ch- times we're going to either end up at wrestling shows or watching wrestling pay-per-views, which she's kind of decently got into. So Buddy Mike and his girlfriend, Heather, like, they're going down to WrestleMania this year. And the way they got those tickets, they were at Mania last year. And if you remember the set, they had, like, these big, stupid-ass pillars. And they couldn't hardly see anything, so... They took a picture, sent it to them, and they're like, they're like, hey, you know, we had shitty seats. I'm like, is there something you can do for us? Because, like, we paid all this money, drove all the way down to fucking Tampa. We ain't seeing shit. And then they go, well, you can either get tickets to any live event, you know, that you want, or we can get you tickets to WrestleMania next year. <laughs> so they're like, fuck it, we're going to Dallas. <laughs> yeah. That's not a hard hard choice, and they got them for free. So essentially, they get to see four wrestling shows for the price of you know one. You yeah. know what I mean? Since they're doing two nights, which I thought that was pretty cool. You know, I yeah, that's, that's pretty cool to take care of them like that. I mean, you can't really. It sucks that you know for the first one, but shit, look, you just didn't get stuck with it. Hey, now they get to see Stone Cold wrestle. He was like, and they. What I love about WrestleMania week is. There's always going to be so many wrestling fans down there that, you know, they have all the GCWs, all the local shows would be down there. It's it's a good time for any independent wrestler or whatever to make money down there. So there's just so many yeah. shows that are going to pop up. They got like WrestleCons. I think they're doing a WrestleCon down there. That's what your boy uh, Conrad's going to do. Yeah. Or maybe they only do that for like all outs. There's only like two or three, but I mean, fuck, dude, it's. You imagine being in Dallas, getting like good fucking barbecue, get to watch wrestling, watch fucking Steve Austin go beat the fuck out of a Canadian, dude. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> in in Texas, in Texas too. You know that's you know he's getting a loud pop. Oh uh, yeah. What was it like when uh? I mean, you said you was in the audience when Punk debuted. What was what was that crowd like that night? I mean, in person. So this was for the for the match. Uh, that I didn't go to the Rampage one, but everybody, like, they knew that 
All Out was going to be, um, like, it to compare that. Here's a good comparison. I I was at Money in the Bank 2011 when Punk pinned John Cena clean for the belt. The atmosphere was that that was a really good time to be a wrestling fan too because it was like CM Punk's contract was like legitimately expiring. Yeah. And if he did like he did in Ring of Honor where he won it was going to just leave with the title. Like that that shit is I, you started wondering, like, are they really going to fucking put the belt on him? That atmosphere was insane in 2011 because everybody was just cheering CM Punk's name. Uh, the atmosphere for this one, it's really hard to describe because everybody was anticipating CM Punk come out. But the problem was there was way too much great fucking wrestling that while you're waiting for this, you're just, you're getting flooded with some of the best wrestling I've, I've seen in a long time. Like, uh, dude, the Lucha bros versus the young bucks in that cage yeah. match. That was absolutely fucking insane. The whole night, like it was just match after match after match. That was, and it was, it was more, and I was at, I was at all in the very first one. And I had like really good seats for that. That was, that was just like, I think that was like a, a changing atmosphere. So I'm trying to like, because these are all very, three very important shows, and I'm I'm trying to describe the how each atmosphere was and how they're all different. I think there was like a little bit of, um, yeah, we wanted to see Punk, and there was a little bit of nerves of could he still do this. Which, when he came out, like dude, I, I started fucking crying. I'm like, I never thought I'd see this again. You yeah. know, my buddy Steve Jennings asked me if I wanted to go, and it's it, it is really really hard to put into words that whole show because it, dude, you had so many emotions. Like the matches were all great, but see, <laughs> there there was like a little spot where. When they started playing the promo, you knew it was like, and and the, and I love AEW because they still had the respect to put the championship match last. Like, yeah, this you, you kind of have to. And yeah, seeing Punk come out and he had the fucking long boys on those long pants. It was like, oh, that's an interesting choice, but that place fucking erupted when he came out. And you, and it was in Chicago, wasn't it? Oh, it was definitely in Chicago. Yeah, I was at the Sears or what used to be the Sears Center. Now it's called like the Now Arena or whatever. And it, dude, it just it was it was cool. And I got to see the see the the bullet or uh, the the Good Brothers were there too. I was just excited yeah. to, to see everyone, but like, yeah, when when Punk came out against Darby. And you started seeing how they like they told the story about Bret Hart and the uh, the one two three kid. You know, it was like like Punk didn't miss a beat. Got the pin. Sting came out. Everyone shook hands. It was great. 
and didn't think didn't think anything else wild could happen. You know, knew Omega and Christian were going to wrestle, which I thought was kind of cool too. But then, yeah, at the end of that show, then I'm like, man, we got to go so we can beat traffic, so we can make it home at a decent hour. Like, we got to fucking go. And, you know, they're doing their little promo afterwards. I'm like, nothing's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, lights go out and fucking Adam Cole comes out. It's like, oh, okay. I'm like, now we really got to go. And that's when Ride of the Valkyrie came out and Daniel Bryan, for Bryan Danielson, <laughs> shows up. It, Actually, and there was another really shocking thing. Like, I, Minoru Suzuki coming out. Did not expect that. Like, I was more shocked at that than uh, Brian and uh, and Adam Cole. It, because it was... I, 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 you know, I've been following a lot of this shit for a good long while. And being... Being surrounded by so many like-minded people enjoying the same thing. It was like a brotherhood and it was just so cool because yeah. they, they, they played the crowd as well as they needed to. And there's special moments that are just never going to go away. And I, the whole, the whole show, I mean, it, I knew I was seeing something special and I knew I was seeing something special when we went to the first all in uh, money in the bank. I didn't know if we were going to see anything that special. We just knew that indie kid was going to, Gonna win, but yeah, that that whole night, Money in the Bank. I knew, I knew. All right, I'll break it down. I knew I'd seen something special after Punk got the belt. I knew I was going to something special during All In. Every moment that passed, I knew was like special and even more special at that time. So it's just to be in that arena with everybody and just having a good time, you know, with friends, you know, you made new friends. You, you got to see something. I, I still have yet to go back and rewatch that show. Like I got to go order it, but I, it was just, it, it, it's unlike any other wrestling show I've been to. It's just, the atmosphere was just, it's a, it's a Chicago wrestling crowd. You don't, you don't find those a lot. Like yeah. New York, Chicago, maybe Orlando, th- those, Towns are fucking pro wrestling towns. Yeah. You know, they. And like some of the old, like going back, watching, you know, people coming in, surprise entrances, stuff like that. If you watch the videos, like the fucking crowd kind of makes a memory. Like if you were watching it live on TV and just like see people's reactions, like I'll go back. I think when Goldberg made his WWE debut, hell, everybody was sitting there cheering him in the rock played that off like it doesn't matter what's in the rocks goldberg account or some bullshit like that but like i mean the crowd can really make or break how special a moment is in wrestling you know i know that sounds cliche but like even going back watching it today well look at let's let's take a look at um dynamite last week um it was in san antonio that crowd was absolutely hot i i thought cm punk was going to make a run in and make a save that crowd was hotter than fuck all night. Thunder Rosa was going to wrestle Britt Baker in uh, a match for the women's championship in her hometown. And you know the curse. If you're in your hometown, you're going to fucking lose. She came out, had like a mariachi band. And when her music hit that crowd, I mean, that crowd was into it, into the whole show all night. But goddamn, they were all there for That's her like adopted town because she's from Mexico. 
But, you know, she's out of San Antonio, which, funny story, Colin Cottrell, I was talking to him. She actually trains at his gym. And no shit. he's like, he's like, yeah, she said she was a wrestler. He's like, I, I don't. And he, he's, he's big in UFC. You know, he, he kind of takes the Joe Rogan approach of like, I don't get what wrestling is. So I kind of like explain to him I'm like, man, it's just artists doing what they can. And I'm like, it's, it's an art form and you want to see it at its highest level. And I want to be entertained, which I love that the new Jericho, <laughs> the Jericho appreciation society. He's like, we're not wrestlers. We're sports entertainers. I'm like, God damn it. He'll Jer- heal Jericho's great. And that, that was on that show too. But man, Thunder Rosa's music hit, and that crowd went banana. And <laughs> that match was that match was not fucking bad. I I I thought I wish it would have had more time. To be honest with you, I I understand why they. I mean, they, I like what AEW does, where they give you like the St. Patty's Day Slam, where they're going to give you pay per view quality matches on TV. And I I do wish they would have went longer, but I think the enough of a story was told. Like Britt Baker is fuck she she hasn't been wrestling that damn long. She's no. incredibly good. Is she like twenty six? She might be a She's I mean she's old enough to she's like a legit dentist. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, that you know she I mean. I know you're probably making good money being dead, but as like over as she is, fuck, she's, she probably could quit dentistry to do this. But uh, yeah. yeah, hell, maybe 28, and she's already over like this. And her and Thunder Rosa always have classic matches, and I'm not mad about that one bit. But again, it's like it goes back to the crowd making the show for no good reason. Why San Antonio? Why that crowd was that hot? You don't find crowds that hot unless, they, again, they're in Chicago, you know, New York, or maybe like Orlando or whatever. But it's it's one of the – it's why you watch pro wrestling, too, a lot of times. Because right? you want to see the crowd get into it, and that's why these guys do that. And, you know, when you got people that know how to make the crowd go one way or another, like, like MJF is like a prime example of – Yeah. It doesn't matter where he – well, it doesn't matter – he gets booed everywhere because he's awfully good at what he does. Except when he went to uh, Long Island. You remember when he went to Long Island and he got cheered and CM Punk got booed? Yeah. <laughs> dude, yeah, that- but dude, I'm telling you, he he had me hooked on the apology bullshit right before. I mean, I knew the low blow was coming. I'm like, oh this yeah, it's about to happen. I thought he was going to rock it on for maybe a couple, like two weeks or something like that. I didn't think that night, though. I was like, this would be a pretty cool storyline to get back, you know, go into. But it was kind of, I think they'd done it for a week, maybe, because he, he pulled that shit the week before and then he'd come out and, you know, heart to heart or whatever. I was like, they might could go somewhere with this and then do like a major turn on each other. I, you know, I knew that was coming, but I, yeah. I, again, I didn't think it was going to be that quick. I'm kind of glad it did happen that way. <laughs> because, dude, oh, MJF is just for as young as he well, is. It's better. Go ahead. Well, as young as he is, got the kid's not even what twenty three. 
Yeah, he's he's super young. And for him to like really pull that out, like made that that to me that that's how you know what a good heel is when they can make you believe them and you feel for them. <laughs> you know, playing that whole oh, I'm only a villain because you made me a villain. And then, yeah. yeah, the week later after that low blow, which, by the way, I didn't realize he got opened up the hard way, like when Punk was bleeding because he took that ring. I remember, like, watching a couple of shots. I'm like, oh, God damn. He's kind of fucking throwing him a little <laughs> stiff in there. And then you see the welts up. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> it was legit. Uh, he, he bled like a little bit. I know, dude. It looked like he had a fucking little Cadbury, a couple cracked Cadbury eggs on his forehead, dude. It was. <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, it was rough. Yeah, they, they, ah, man, they, I'm glad they, they did that quick because that, that payoff was well worth it. You know, Punk got his first loss, which I'm, I'm glad he got it out of the way. I'm glad, like, these guys get yeah. their losses out of the way, like uh, Brian Danielson, which I, uh, dude, when fucking William Regal came out and, like, paired those two up, William, William Regal is... I really don't know why WWE got rid of him, but so overrated for all the work and people. I mean, he's made a lot of guys. I mean, yeah, they. He's old. Well, in like the the storytelling that he had was like, you know, he came out and you know did his promo about like these guys he, during the Wheeler Uta match. He's talking about how good Wheeler Yuta is, and they even made mention of it. And then, you know, when Wheeler Yuta starts going back to him, Wheeler Yuta's like awesome. I mean, I don't think he's been wrestling that long. It'd be like three, four years. When he went in there, like, man, that, again, that San Antonio crowd, like, they were cheering a guy because I think that's the, the, the difference with wrestlers. Like, you know, you want guys to get over and work with the young guys. Like, Wheeler Yuta being paired up with, with a, um, a William Regal. As, as good as William Regal is, you know, he turned Brian Danielson into what he is. You know, Wheeler Yuta or like a Daniel Garcia, those guys getting getting in with, you know, it's just it. They continue to start planting seeds for something that's going to be in the next 10, 20 years. Man, we we might see another Shawn Michaels. We might see another Steve Austin. Like, there's that hope that that's actually going to happen, and that's that's why I tune in every week. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched a whole lot of WWE lately, but you know, I went to that. I haven't either. Well, we, we were going to podcast last night, and it just one thing after another happened, and I I got invited to go to that house show, and I, there's there's something funny that happened there. Um. Speaking of MJF, there's this guy whose name was like Father Something or Other. Because, like, you could hashtag, um, you know, like on Instagram where you are. And you could look behind you on the Jumbotron and see what the, uh, you know, what's like trending up there. And there's this guy. I don't know if he's a legit priest, but he had the, uh, the little necklace, uh, the little white thing on there. And he's wearing an MJF hoodie. <laughs> I was trying to find his name and if, if I can find it. If I can find him on Instagram, I definitely will because you can look up yeah. hashtags. He had like a white piece around the hoodie. A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not around the hoodie. He was wearing like his his ref or his his priest, you know, the black shirt with that white 
Um, oh, yeah. I, I used to know the name of goddamn. I'm Catholic too, and I <laughs> I can't think of it. But he's just rocking an MJF hoodie. I'm like that dude is either this dude's like that's either got to be his gimmick or he's a priest that really loves bad guys. <laughs> like he's gonna try to convert. <laughs> <laughs> but there I'm was one last hope. Yeah, it was uh, it was cool because when they're doing house shows like that, they. Uh, First match was Finn Balor versus uh, versus Damian Priest, which, man, you look five, ten years ago, that's a super indie match. Like, those guys, those guys went, that was a good match. That opened the show, uh, I think, like, Liv Morgan wrestled uh, Dewdrop. Pretty okay, it was a pretty okay match, Uh I was just sitting there, and out of nowhere, our truth's music hits, and he walks by, and we actually actually had ground seats, and so we're like right by the entrance ramp. But there's a couple kids in our row that wanted to go and shake the hand. So like, I, I, was, I was like pretty close to the gate, but I like I, I popped back a couple seats and let the kids go up there and you know go shake hands with the wrestlers. Dude, our truth walked by me, and I'm like, I didn't realize how big that motherfucker was. Big as shit. I'd say- right, I, I didn't. Hear. He's like he, he's in his fifties. I'd seen him wrestle a couple times, but I'm like he, you know, I always thought he was like kind of a smaller dude. No, he's 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 yeah. he's big dude. Um, I met him at a meet and greet, and I was thinking the same thing because I'm like in my mindset, I'm like well, this is fucking you know little Jimmy and all this stuff. I mean, <laughs> and then I seen him in person, I'm like this bitch is shredded. He's fucking big as shit. Yeah, but, uh, he wrestled Omos. Which Omas is uh I can't, where's he from? Is he from like the Congo? I, I think he's from Africa somewhere. Uh, Kenya, I think. Is, yeah, and it, dude, he came out. <laughs> I thought our truth was big. That dude is huge. He like walked right by us, and I'm looking at, I'm looking at. Uh, what is he like? I man, seven two, dude. I think I think he's <laughs> as tall as he still. Like over... Go ahead. Oh no, yeah, he. I, I meant to look that up. Dude, I. I got a buddy who's six six, and I'm like, he's definitely, he's he's a little bit more than that. I don't know if he's like legit seven foot. He might be like a six eight, but you know, still, he's huge. And uh, I'm trying to think of else. It dude, when I saw, <laughs> and then you got some some of the uh, uh, other guys that weren't weren't as big, but I was super cool. To, it was super cool to see him. Uh, Gable, uh, Chad Gable, and uh, Otis came out and like me and Otis are the same height. But I was like, oh, that's cool. I wish he would have kept his long hair. They wrestled. It was them, Street Profits, and then Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins teamed up, which, of course, Seth Rollins came came out last and, you know, got his hometown chant. Uh, shit. I'm trying to think. Uh, and then it was uh, AJ Styles versus... Uh, Oh, what the hell is his name? Austin Theory. I don't know much about Austin Theory. Like, I've been trying to keep up with Raw, but it, there's just nothing. No, like, I, it's hard for me to watch because I don't have cable. So I'm like, yeah. I got to try to follow it. But, you know, you got, I guess Austin Theory. And he, he put on a hell of a show. I was quite impressed with the kid. And I'm like, I feel bad that I don't watch any of it. But, you know, then, uh, then Becky Lynch wrestled uh, for the women's championship against uh, Rhea Ripley, and yeah. Rhea Ripley in real life shredded. 
Like she really? walked, dude. She walked right by. I was like, oh, that is. I was like, that's one bad bitch, dude. She, she's like stacked. But I haven't been keeping up with WWE as much. Like, you know, WrestleMania season's coming up. You're seeing all this stuff on the internet and everything. But I just haven't. Uh, we might tune in later tonight, watch the Raw or something. But I mean, I just it's barely enough for me to keep up with AEW. Yeah, I I do it. I, I to be honest, I haven't watched any uh, any rampages since since Punk came back. But you know, it's Friday years. night. You know, now that I'm working every Saturday, like I'll have time, like I'll actually be at home. It's just it's it's nice yeah. for you guys, and we fall right in the demographic of you know the eighteen to forty nine of uh of what we got to uh you know of who's watching. It's it just it gets me excited for the future of pro wrestling, and I'm like I I feel like this company is trying its best to have longevity and not. Yeah. Uh, you know, not not just let's make as much money as we can, and we'll just keep getting like start like no, they like they want to take young talent and continue to build them and put them over for the for the long haul, and that's what I really appreciate. You know, I want to see where like yeah. Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia and all these guys are, but also like I still love seeing Punk and Brian Danielson. Well, and- so, something I like, they could have took Punk and, and right off the bat him and Brian Danielson have like a huge feud or something. And But, I mean, he's putting over MJF. They're, you know, they're creating stuff that's going to last MJF a very long career. Yeah. Stuff, you know, you can look back and say, hey, I, I fought CM Punk. So, it's it's cool getting some stuff like that. And, yeah. You know, it, it's going to be cooler in like, say, 15 years, whether AEW is still a thing or not. You can, it's kind of like TN, some of the TNA guys. You can be like, well, you know, they're AEW, you know, bred. That's where they got, you know, big. Yeah, that's a that's kind of interesting to think about. You know, who would you say? Uh, me and a friend was talking about this the other day. Your favorite, like, which I mean, I know there's the Indians and everything, but like TNA flagship boy or uh, whatever they call the women's wrestlers in. Yeah, I don't who's think, your favorite uh, for for Impact? Yeah, no, like old school TNA, like oh, early Impact, but like two oh. thousands, dude. Yeah, so I've gone back, and if you haven't ever seen this match, I highly suggest you go back and watch it. And it's on the best of AJ Styles too. It's AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and Young Samoa Joe, and these guys beat the fuck out of each other for like 45 minutes like it's non-stop i <laughs> i want to go with for back in the day i mean obviously aj styles was you know he's seen what he turned into and you know his bullet club run was just incredibly cool uh yeah. i maybe want to say samoa joe but i also i also like that sting was there and this is when uh, yeah. when Kurt Angle was off Percocet, so they call him Perk Angle. <laughs> when he was doing pills, but Kurt Angle was there. I, you know what, you know what? No, I got it. All right, that I'll say Samoa Joe is like my favorite guy there, but like my favorite, uh, then my favorite tag team was fucking Beer Money. 
Exactly. That was my pick. Was. <laughs> fucking James Storm and uh, James Storm and Bobby Roode. God, Bobby Roode never should have cut his hair, which, by the way, for it, and he's, again, he's about 50, and that dude's still shredded. Uh, oh, yeah. Bobby um, Roode's 50? Yeah. Jeez, no, or, I never would have guessed that. Or he's like 48. Well, hell, I mean, that was like 2000. Five two thousand six when I was doing that tag run, wasn't it? It was pretty <laughs> early years, I thought. Yeah, I've got a, I've got this shirt, and I watched this, and this is like when Hogan was <laughs> Hogan and Flair. Hogan and Flair wrestled one night when like Bret Hart came back, so that's how they were competing. And that match wasn't. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> It was not great, but we wouldn't watch. I like the, I like the Jeff Hardy Sting match. Oh God damn! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to. I had to explain to my girlfriend about that match, and she's like, I "Just she's like, whatever makes you happy, dear." She's just smiling and carrying on. Uh, no, the so it was Bound for Glory 2011, and I've got this shirt, and we went and watched it in the theaters. And I remember, like, I got a picture of me outside there, like, pointing up at it. And my buddy, Chris, who's a, uh, he used to be a ref, but he's a stand-up now, Chris Starman. He was like, oh, cool, were you there to see Dolphin Tail? <laughs> like, that was that that time that came out, but it was, uh, it was that particular show. Jay, Bobby, Bobby Roode was wrestling for the belt against Kurt Angle. One, Hulk Hogan was getting the fuck beat out of I don't know if he was getting beat out of aces and eights. Uh Mr. Anderson was on that show and there was these kids that were like Mr. Anderson fans like I dude we're in a movie theater watching a wrestling pay-per-view. I'm like what the fuck is life right now? I got one of the Don West brown bag specials which I still have. That's where I got the best of AJ Styles DVD. I got the best of the Knockouts DVD which uh, <laughs> knocked a few out, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I've got those entrances back then hit a little different. Oh, God, dude, the beautiful people, the Velvet Sky hey, and Angelina Love. With a who? What do you say? Taz is always like, let the pigeons lose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's another commentator, the uh, Dom West, brown bag special. I got a Desmond Wolf uh, action figure, which is really cool. Um <laughs> yeah. I didn't know, really know who Desmond Wolf was, and then you start to like look into his indie career and he was as good as Brian Danielson was, but I think he ended up getting like hepatitis and, uh, he ended up, he ended up coming back to, he was supposed to get his big break in WWE, but got hepatitis and he couldn't wrestle. And then he had like a back issue and it's just, his whole career got slammed down and like, it's like a sad story, but he's, He's back on top, like uh, commentating for was NXT UK. I think he's actually at NXT now. But um, the shirt that I had, <laughs> I have had two different girlfriends wear it naked, and I still have the shirt. Like I never lost it. <laughs> and my lady goes, she goes, "Do you have a shirt for me to wear?" Like she's like, she she didn't even bring like pajamas or something. And I had that shirt. I'm like, nah, this shirt's unlucky because every chick I put it on. Oh hell yeah! I get it. <laughs> awesome. Just hit drop. 
Draw like a damn Goldberg had on his uh, jersey in the longest yard. Just put you some X's on the sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was talking about the longest yard yesterday. Uh, we watched it. The night. I sat there with my brother-in-law. I was like, damn, it's probably like the 45th time I watched this. And I see somebody like in it every time I watch it. I was like, the other day, I was like, holy shit, there's Bill Romanowski. Like, I had no idea he was in it. Bill Romanowski was in it? Yeah, he's, a, he's one of the guards. Holy shit. Can, can, I got to tell you a funny Bill Romanowski story. So this would have been about the second or third time I'd ever got stoned in my life. And I went to my Uncle Bill's house, and uh, God rest his soul, man, he, uh, he passed away last, fuck, last December, like a year ago, December, like nine months after his brother died. And he was fucking, 2020 was shitty. But he, uh, I go over there with like, my buddies, and their both names are Alex. So we we bought like I Muggle Bill like lived in an apartment, right? Like he was, you know, kind of just like a handyman. Didn't, you know, live by himself, didn't get married. He go into his house and he's just got like Steve Ray Vaughn posters everywhere, like <laughs> boxing rings and just didn't have any doors in his apartment, just had like uh like contractor cloth like staple like <laughs> and dangling. We go over to his house and like one of the Alex's uh, got got some weed from his stepbrother. And we go over there and we go to get stoned and we like start smoking the shit that we brought. And he's like, God damn, ain't this some good weed, boys? I have the best fucking weed. And we're like, that's actually the weed we got. He's like, bullshit, man, I smoke the best. And he makes us watch this because we just showed up unannounced i'm like hey uncle bill like we're like i I think we're 16 like we didn't have any other place to go (laughs) and we go knock on his door that's when he let us in we're getting stoned and he's like you fucking boys need to watch this man and he took like on a vhs tape and he still had like that tv that like sat on the ground that was like in a cabinet and it was like a bill (laughs) rope it was like a bill romanowski 60 minutes and he's like <laughs> it, it, it's funny because he had like a longest yard moment in there, but he's like playing. And he's like Bill Romanowski, that motherfucker. Well, goddamn, that's how the white man played fucking football. Like, kind of like what Steve Austin said. <laughs> and he's just like, anytime any of us made it like a noise, we're like, damn, it's cool. All right, shut the book up. And he'd like go back and rewind it. We had to watch this shit like nine times. To this day, if you say Bill Romanowski to any of my buddies. They'll start laughing at it. Well, he gets all fucking stoned, and he's like, which one of you fuckers drove here? Like, Alex D's like, you motherfucker, take me up and go get me some goddamn beer. So we had to go drive him to the gas station because he didn't have a car. And right before we're getting ready to leave, like, dude, he's got this speed bag and just starts whacking this fucking speed bag. <laughs> dude, this is the third time I've ever been high. I'm like, man, is this what it's like being fucking stoned? We go up in there. We get him some beer. We drive back. We pull up to his house and we can hear the smoke alarm going off. We're like, oh shit, what happened? When we went in there to go like hang out with him, he was cooking at the time. Didn't, didn't, he just forgot he was cooking, came on, got a fucking stone with us, left something cooking on the stove. So it was just like burning the whole 
kitchen was like filled up with smoke because like he had that, that drape over there. <laughs> we go in there, he just fucking takes whatever was in there, opens the door, and just fucking flings it out. Oh my god, damn, dude! That's when we ended up leaving, and my buddy Alex. This maybe was his first time ever getting stoned. We go to roll up to his parents, and he makes us pull around the block, like park like a block and a half away, just so they wouldn't see us come up. Because my buddy had this four door Saturn with his fart can on, and it was the most obnoxious fucking thing on the planet. We go in there, we sneak in, and we're like laying down, and he's like, "All right, man, let's watch a movie, man. Like, we just we got chill out here. We got to be quiet." So the movie he picks is fucking Ray. <laughs> so after the night we had, I'm sitting there watching Ray, and I'm like, "What the fuck is?" I, mean, I, I was like, "There's no way that this is how people live. Like this is just this was just insane." And I, I never forgot that night. So when you said Bill Romanowski, I'm like, oh, "Fuck, I remember that dude." Oh, another little story that I forgot to tell you in that, because there was so much that happened that night. There was a pocket knife. (laughs) There was a pocket knife sitting on this table, and it was like one of those, like, like gimmicky pocket knives where it was like, it was like a foot long. You know what I mean? Like, where they're just like something that's too stupid to actually have. You can't use it. And all it was, like, it just had, like, a design. Like, it was, like, had, like, farm, like, tractors or something on it. It might be, like, a John Deere or a Case something. But he's telling me, he's like, yeah, man, fucking guy tried to short me, so I fucking stabbed him. And he pulled the fucking knife out, and there was, like, like a quarter inch of blood on it. I'm like, what? (laughs) And he set it down. Next to it's like, I guess the girl he was sleeping with was, like, a maid for a hotel because it had, like... Yolanda on like the Holiday Inn thing like she forgot her fucking Uncle Bill lived a wild life dude <laughs> I was like yeah maybe this is a bad idea <laughs> yeah well that might be like getting hit with a fucking rage oh my god dude I don't... and I, I my, uh, my cousin's husband used to go check in on him every once in a while and like he told me he was just wild. Like he lived in this apartment complex and just like telling me he like still up to the day, day he died, just like going fighting dudes because like they owed him money, just like punching him out in the middle of the street, not giving a fuck. Like, he was a he was he was a fucking wild dude, but you know, God, he he always always was there for like any of our sporting events or whatever. Like when me and my cousin were gonna wrestle or something, dude. He was always there. Every family event he was there. He loved family more than anything, but dude, he lived a fucking. Do you wrestle in high school? No, I quit uh, third. I think I was in like third grade, fourth grade. I was like wrestling at 98 pounds. Like I was a little fat boy, and I made it to state and never wrestled again after that. I don't know that I went to sixth grade. I just I didn't have that much passion in it. You know, I kept seeing like all the dudes cauliflower ears and like I didn't want that. But I you know, I, I definitely never lost appreciation for it. It was just it wasn't anything that I wanted to to continue to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. I noticed like guys up there, especially like a bunch of people, you know, you've had on the podcast and on the other podcast, a lot of them have like wrestling backgrounds. That's just not really a thing like down here. Like some of the bigger schools have it, but it's now we we like got 
we got to think we're uh, you know we're in the Midwest where we got Big Ten football, but you know also think about Dan Gable, um, you know the the wrestling Hall of Fame's in Waterloo, and it's like Iowa, Minnesota, uh, Illinois's got a really good um, really good wrestling program. My mom, I think I briefly in high school dated the uh, coach for there. And he's in like the Quad City Hall of Fame. Like then they, you know, it was like a high school thing. It wasn't like anything ever serious. So, but they're friends of this day. You know, both families know each other. So, like that was always really cool. He's a good dude. His name's Mark, and uh, it's because it's the only thing we got. I mean, you, when you start going up north, then you start getting like hockey and shit. Yeah, football around here isn't like it's nothing near what it's like down south. Damn, yeah. damn sure it ain't like anything like Friday Night Tykes. I kind of miss that show nah. so much. <laughs> well, like here, you know, Alabama football is real big around here. But like, I my mom's side of the family is from Wisconsin, and I go up there during Thanksgiving. But Jesus Christ, the fucking Packers! I mean, it's like pretty much religion up there they're i'd say they're more dedicated than you know alabama fans are down here or just you know right there at it now my cousin he'll go shovel snow out of lambo for like nothing i'm like they had to pay me fucking 40 bucks to shit oh, an hour i wouldn't step foot in that fucking shithole of a stadium and my my girl's a packers fan which yeah whatever you know and, and, no, nobody's perfect i mean <laughs> That's <laughs> what it is. I'm not. Are you talking about, talking about landmarks from where I'm from? Hell, just 20 minutes up the road. That's where uh, old Bengals kickers from McPherson. Oh yeah, no shit. Yeah, he went. He went to high school. Well, like the neighboring town over. No shit. Yeah, but... it's pretty cool with that, with that family. There's uh, there's three three or four brothers. And uh, one brother went to Louisiana Tech. The other one went to Florida. Or Evan went to uh, Florida. And then his little brother's going to Auburn. Hell, he kicked a field goal in high school this year. It was like 61 yards or something. God damn, dude. My family's got but, good uh, genetics. And did you ever see their mom? <laughs> They're like, Evan McPherson's mom's in the audience. I'm like, damn, does he need a stepdad, bro? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't be, like, don't be showing him. His mom's looking that hot, bro. Like, I'm <laughs> I love you, Evan, but goddamn, dude, they showed her it, like, cause how old is he? Twenty one. Yeah, he's uh three years younger. Yeah, probably twenty, twenty one. He's like three or four years younger than me. Cause I would have graduated around when his brother was in school, his oldest brother. Fuck, didn't he? I think he's, yeah. been, he's probably twenty one, twenty two. I'm sure he got a pretty nice bonus this year. Yeah. Well, they, they said they were mad at him for staying out on the uh, on the field for uh, the halftime oh, show. It's like, why are you going to punish him, dude? He didn't do anything wrong. Like, fuck, dude. Like, I, you want to tell me I'm I in the... I there. Yeah, like, I'm in the biggest game of my life, and you're telling me I can't go see Snoop Dogg and Ice Cube? Like, fuck that. Or Dr. Dre, not Ice Cube. 50 Cent fall out of the ceiling. <laughs> Everyone's making fun of 50 Cent. Like... Like, look how fat he Dude, got. People didn't realize they didn't realize what they had. Like, just shut up. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm like, I was like, first of all, who in the fuck is like getting like wildly? They're like, oh man, look how fat Fifty Cent. I'm like, have you not 
watched anything that he's done recently. Like I've I've been following him for a long fucking time, and like he was signing autographs of it because his uh, his I think he's got like a crystal or like some champagne or wine that he yeah it's in the high V stores now. So he's like signing autographs there, and one of my one of my favorite pranks that I ever saw. Was they were like pranking all these kids? They were like, "Hey, so like they had to bring the kids in, and the mom was like, so 'So I'm seeing some guy. I went to high school with him. You know, I I I've been seeing him for a while. I want you to meet him.' And they're like, "Mom, why are we at a hotel meeting him?' And then fucking Fifty Cent walks out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I ever see it. That shit is that shit is fucking hilarious to me. Which if we're, if we're talking about rappers, and this is. <laughs> This is something I've been seeing too. Like speaking of like keeping up on guys, I, j- I just read this like right before we got on. Have you followed? I think I said it to you. You've been following what Rick Ross has been doing lately. Yeah, with the farm. <laughs> Dude, someone sent him two buffalo. Yeah, I, I say that. <laughs> so he's got buffalo. There's like another rapper that's got like a farmer, and I want to say it was like a like two chains or something, where he's out here just like. Chopping down trees with like chainsaws. I go, what in the fuck is this world? Like Rick, Rick Ross has a farm. I, if it wasn't two chains, it was uh, someone else is like cutting trees and they own like a farm now. But dude, this shit is just. I remember Rick Ross had like a tree company or some shit come out. And they 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 were gonna charge him like ten grand to cut some trees. Oh, that, down. That, that's it. That's who it was. Yeah. And he was like, "Well, fuck that! I'm gonna go buy." Cha-. I think he went to the store, got a chainsaw or something. Probably never ran for his life. And I mean, if there was a ten thousand, unless they were just using them, but if it was a ten thousand dollar job, I mean, you talk about those mammoths. Could you, could you imagine like you're just some kid working at like the handy true value, and then Rick Ross comes in in a cowboy hat, like I want to buy a chainsaw. You're like, excuse me, <laughs> are you filming a fucking movie? <laughs> A little out of, your, out of your element. This ain't the port of Miami, dude. <laughs> You're the Teflon Don. You're supposed to be running cocaine and speedboats, bro. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Buying a chainsaw? Like, are you gonna? Are you going like full Scarface and gonna chop somebody up? It's like, no, we're gonna go drop some fucking elm tree. Like, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, firewood from a burning stove, man. Oh, that shit is. That that shit's so cool. Like, I've I I, I like Rick Ross and. I, it's it's hard not to like that guy. Yeah, he's like I'm happier than a motherfucker. Like, dude, yes, I'm happy yeah. for you. Yeah. God, I, would, I mean, it's cool, it's cooler saying that than you know, and it might just be because I'm a damn redneck, but I think it's cooler saying that than I'm driving around in a Bentley or something like that in Hollywood. Yeah, no, do you happy? Not what you know, trying to impress other people. Yeah, I mean, I think there's like a lot of a lot of people that. You know, when they come from that, because uh, it has to be like that lifestyle. And that's kind of what the game is. You know, you got to you gotta flash what you made. You know, you got to be flashy, flamboyant. And, you know, there's that, that, that's why I like a lot of the certain hip hop that I like. But, I mean, some of that still bleeds in. But then to see, yeah, trading the Bentleys oh, for like a fucking John Deere, like what? <laughs> I, hey, I saw the windows were tinted up like a zero like percent limo. Were they the really? 
They were standing up, man. They look like a damn limo tent. That's fucking. I didn't even notice that. No, uh, yeah, it's on. Like when he shared on Facebook or whatever, it's it's got him sitting in the tractor. If you look back at the window, it's like freaking black. <laughs> it's it's pretty sweet. But that's like like you think about uh, Chappelle's stand up stuff they were doing in the cornfields. That little uh, what was that? Uh, eight minute. He he had that thing come out on YouTube. Yeah, I mean that make you know go to small towns and they're doing what makes them happy. It's it's cool. He's lived there for a uh, quite a long time. He's in, in small town Ohio, and I was going to bring that up too. Like he just he I, I know he for sure had lived there when they were doing block party because he went into uh, you know a couple small towns and he. He'd always go see the same cashier, and he's like, you know, this is where I come to get my cigarettes and gas. And the lady just had, like, she realized who he was, but, like, the generation gap and what she cares about, like, just wasn't there. So he just gets treated like a normal yeah. human being. And, yeah. you know, if he lived in, like... The grocery stores on TV. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you live in, you know, like a... Like, it's, it, that shit's... It's kind of cool, you know, being recognized and having people like tell you shit. Like I've, I've experienced that a couple times. Obviously, you know, when during trade shows, you know, yeah. people stop you, random strangers, and they want to talk to you, and you, it that shit's cool when you're in that certain area. But man, could you imagine like that shit? Like when you're just trying to have dinner because you got people that don't give a fuck. They just want to get Instagram clout. It's like, if you're old. You know, you get you get like the, you get a small town area, dude. People are just a little bit different. They go, you know, and that may have been why Rick Ross decided to go buy a farm. I mean, I think he just and it, it's it's probably better for his health too because you know you live in that city life where you know you've got all this money. You know, you're expected to be seen at the clubs, drinking bottles of fucking liquor. You know, you're fine dining and you're supposed to like that's ex, like you, you again with that flamboyancy you're like it's expected of you but probably just got fucking tired of it and was like I'm gonna go buy a farm try to live off the land as much as I can and I would assume that those first few nights that he actually had the farm were like some of the best he's ever slept because you don't have any of the city noise you know that that shit's gotta be relaxing like coming from literally Miami to the middle of fucking nowhere. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume he's somewhere in Georgia. Probably. I, I haven't kept up like on location. I've just been seeing like all the stuff he's saying. <laughs> I don't, don't know what kind of farm, like if he's got cows, like down here, down here, you got a farm. It's not, like when we go up to Illinois and stuff, you know, it's cornfield and shit, but down here, if you got some cows and hay fields, that's that's pretty much farming. Not a lot of road cropping here. No shit. So if he's down here, it's probably just probably got some cows. You got buffalo now, apparently. So. Yeah, two of them. That bison market, <laughs> dude. Uh, this wouldn't this wouldn't be a getting strange episode if uh, if I didn't ask the question, and it's all you. Dumb southern hillbillies all have seen a fucking UFO and aliens. Tell me, you you seen a UFO? Well, I'm not gonna say 
it, it is a UFO because it was unidentified. <laughs> but well, at the time, I thought it was a UFO. It was really just my neighbor's meth lab exploding. But uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no shit. Uh, the town I used to live in, just up the mountain from us. Look it up. It's called Fife, Alabama. Uh, they actually still have it. It's called UFO Days. And uh, they said one of the town locals in maybe the 80s, early 90s was abducted. And then, like, all kinds of people in the town saw UFOs. So now they have, like, these big UFO days. They bring out hot air balloons and shit like that. And they think it, just because on that one day, <laughs> I see the, the aliens are coming back and <laughs> shit like that. But no, there's uh there's some believers for sure down there. Yeah, that's why I, ne- I never got that. I, I'm I'm guessing like that whole, and you know that's why I made that joke about you dumb southern hillbillies are the only ones that see aliens. But it's like I think it had to be the first couple of recorded ones where like guys were openly talking about it. Because I think like southern dudes are more brave than anybody. Like they if they more truthful than anything. So if they saw what they saw, they're going to go on camera and say it. That had to be where yeah. that come from. Cause the first couple people, because there's no way that, you know, you, anybody with a brain is going to be like, Oh, it's only those Southern rednecks that see them, you know, cause the aliens know they're too dumb to do anything. It's like, okay, well then let's go look at the battle of Los Angeles. Like this was in the paper where the fucking U.S. government was shooting at something and lighting it up in the 50s. Like, this is not made up. Like, it's actual evidence that it happened. And this is yeah. like, ah, fuck. Maybe it was like the 40s or 50s. They thought it was the Japanese coming in. That's why they had those guns there, because they were expecting an attack. But it was an unidentified object, and, like, there's very famous images of them with spotlights on this thing, and there's they're shooting. So, you know, for... There to be an actual like there's, and it goes with anything, man. It goes with anything. Like any anytime there's evidence for one thing, people are still going to deny it. Like yeah, if you want to say they don't exist, okay, then what the fuck was that? It was in the paper before the government was like, "Ah, hey, we need to wipe this shit off." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Queen's <laughs> that's. I, I random shoot at the sky, but it was nothing. It was just test fire. Yeah, no shit. We were just testing shit out. Or it was a weather balloon like Area 51 was. Or, what was the guy's name? He was a logger. Actually, they made a movie out of it. I'm on Google. Uh, yeah, he was uh, David. Uh, the f- he was on. Uh, he was on Rogan's podcast. I uh, think that's where I'm on. Oh, yeah, that, that's probably the most accurate story i've heard it's actually I mean, his was abduction wasn't it yeah he got abducted for about three days and six people saw uh saw what he went through uh david attenborough is that his name no i'm on airplane load it won't. might have been something like something david yeah look up look up david because i think it's david attenborough uh travis walton Oh, Travis Walton. No, that's what it is. Who the fuck is David Attenborough? Why am I thinking that's actually a name? Travis Walton. I was trying to look at the date on that. That was I back was in the 70s. I think it was I think it was late 70s. That was 
Because the UFO Fire in the sky was a movie. Yeah. The UFO craze was yeah. uh Yeah, damn, I wanna say obviously the fifties there was some like wild shit that went on. Uh sixties, seventies. Oh, excuse me. Oh, why I'm yelling? I'm not even tired. Uh, I, I want to say more so like the '80s when photography was like starting to get better. Which the, there's like a lot of very very famous UFO photos. But you got to think as good as cameras are these days, we'd have more evidence. But then. Photoshop's really good too, so you can't ever really trust what what you see on a like a camera phone or whatever. But I just you know it makes you wonder if we had that technology back then when all the shit was going on, like you know guys would have been pulling their phones out and shit and like videotape. You know what well, I mean? Hell, they they know our technology's better now, so they got to be more sly. Like, I mean, if you think about it, if they're more advanced than us, and hell, they got to know. I mean, they. Probably have news channels about us. Dude, do you think like <laughs> do you think like aliens have like trail cameras set up for humans? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> spy point going off on Earth. <laughs> Dude, they got, I think like it's only the fucking uh to the UFOs that we get caught are like first time are like bad hunters. <laughs> like, <laughs> Because it's the UFOs we don't see. Like, dude, deer don't get killed by people that they see a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get abducted. Like, you know, if you see a UFO, like that was their uh, that was their first time hunting. <laughs> they were told to sit still, and they couldn't sit still long enough because they got excited seeing humans. <laughs> they were gonna abduct. It was just, it was just firearm season. We had to wear orange. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, that's that's their their blaze orange is when they actually get seen. Well, they get photos. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'd like to think that aliens do exist, but like I'm really sad at the point where it's it, like thinking that it's only the grays. Like I want some cooler aliens. Like they said, there's other like lizard people and all that shit, but. I mean, wouldn't that be kind of anticlimactic if, like, the aliens show up and they actually are just, like, four foot tall and just gray? It's like, bro, yeah. we're, le- we're letting these dudes, like, fucking run us because they have telekinesis? Like, dude, it's just fucking... They need, it. they need to all get off the freaking UFO. They can be green, but they all need to be, like, looking like Goldberg or something with, like, four arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buff aliens. Like, how do you think aliens... I guess I Booker T with the dreadlocks. <laughs> Early <Dude>. years. <laughs> with those just little small dreads. I, I do like... <laughs> <laughs> I like... Uh, did you ever see the movie Mars Attacks? Uh-uh. Oh, fuck. I like it, It's a good movie. It's funny because they took, like, the Mars Attacks. Like, and everything's, like, from the 50s. Like, all the... It, it's, like, set in modern time, but they have, like, so much, like, 50s references. Just, like, how... You know, one of the alien girls dressed up. It's it, it's a wild movie. It's a comedy. It's it's worth the fucking watch. It's fucking hilarious. I mean, it takes it's a comedy. It's not like you know creepy ass alien movies like uh what the fuck was that one? Oh, Signs. Yeah, 
<laughs> and you know what's great about signs is that one of the aliens got beat to death with a fucking Louisville slugger. <laughs> like, like good marketing, dude. Like that, that's what I'm saying. Like these little four foot aliens are gonna come in here. Like, they just arm yourself with like a minus three Louisville slugger. Like, don't get, don't fuck around with the yeah, Easton. Uh, this is off Aliens, but it was a, I think it was on Hulu. It was, a, it had James, I think it was James Franco in it, but it was about the Kennedy assassination. Like, he went into this diner. It, the movie was, it was called, uh, like the date that Kennedy was assassinated. Like, I don't know what day it was, but let's just say like 10, 6, 67 or some shit like that. Uh, you'd have to, whatever day he was assassinated, that's what the show was called. Mm -hmm. But it was like 2012, and he went to this diner like every day. And the guy that was in the diner was dying from Agent Orange or like some something from Agent Orange. And he believed that if Kennedy never would have died, you know, he wouldn't have been in Vietnam and he wouldn't have been dying. So he built like this fucking time machine. And this guy was supposed to go back in time and kill or kill Oswald before it happened. But, uh, he kills Oswald, goes back in time, and like the whole fucking world's like apocalypse. Oh, and it's shit. like he he talks to this old guy, and somehow he knew that like he travels after he kills Oswald, he travels like back to 2012. He's like, well, what the hell happened here? He's like, well, when Wallace got elected, the fucking nukes went off everywhere, and he's like, Wallace. He's like, yeah, George Wallace got elected president because Kennedy's thing went terrible. And, uh, <laughs> Went into World War Three. Yeah, never, it, it's a pretty good watch for conspiracy stuff because I was like, it doesn't matter if he kills Oswald anyway. Kennedy's still gonna die. So yeah, I uh, I dove deep into that with a uh, with Jeremy about you know the JFK who actually killed him and like I get I started uh, going down a rabbit hole like on fucking TikTok about conspiracy theories on TikTok, and they bring up ones that, like, you know, you get the classic, oh, who built the pyramids, the Kennedy assassination, but then you start, like, some, and it's it's not a, it, as much a conspiracy, but I kind of started looking into the surface of it, and I want to look into it more. It's, like, the weather history of the year 535. Like, apparently there was a volcano in, like, Norway or something that went off, Covered the earth for like six months with uh with ash. Food couldn't grow, and like you had all these, the food got super scarce. So like all these villagers were just like killing each other, and like it was almost like World War just to eat. Like a lot of wild shit went on there. Like so many like dynasties changed or whatever. I I, I gotta go back and look into this, but that's just you know you think like one one volcano and then changes a weather pattern and just all this shit happens. That changes the course of history. Yeah. I don't know. All right, the other one, uh, the other one's like really scary to think about. It's the, uh, uh, what do they call it? Like God's complex. And the way I understand it is if you look at the old Testament versus the new Testament, like God was like a savage ruler, like, you know, killing off people who didn't believe in him and then something changing him. And then all of a sudden he became like all loving and caring. And like, I, from what I understand, I might be wrong. And if somebody knows more about this, let me know the, uh, 
the, the, the theory is that God like doubted himself and changed as a human. So it's like the all knowing being something happened that God decided to change his behavior. <laughs> like that's fucked up to think about. It's like, oh, so he created us, and we're supposed to have heaven forever. But all of a sudden, now he's a little unsure of things. That is fucking frightening to think about. God might be a woman. No, God might be. A, yeah, that's true. Uh, what was that? <laughs> fucking was that the Rihanna song? Ariana Grande. Oh, it was Ariana Grande? <laughs> Ariana Grande. Uh, there's, you know, there's conspiracy theories about her too. One of the ones being uh, uh, that she's got like a bald spot on her head because she's always pulled her hair back like that. Yeah. And they said the same thing about that JoJo Siwa or whatever that because you keep pulling your hair back like now she, like her fucking hairline, is like going bye bye because you have to have that look. And they said, you know, it's like if you like keep pulling your hair out, like people have that disease where they they pull their hair out. For so much of there's just patches yeah. there. They said that's, that's probably what she's got. She's got a bald spot and she can't ever uh can't ever like let her hair down, otherwise you're gonna see it, which that's kind of fucked up to think about. I'd still probably hate it. Nah, I'd, I'd, I'd I'd probably give it a go. Or have her money. I would take her money too. Though. I mean, <laughs> if she goes bald, who's looking, you know? Yeah, exactly, dude. Dude, I'd, 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 I'd give Sinead O'Connor a crack, too. So. <laughs> I don't care about a ball that it bitch. <laughs> we were fucking, oh, God, this is off topic, but we was talking about, uh, we was listening to Tracy Chapman at damn work the other day, and so, somebody was on before, one of the guys was like, oh, I'd like to get with her. And then uh, L. Tracy Chapman comes on. I was like, well, I'd probably still get with her with, for the damn money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a dude. She ain't going to have none of that. Nah. I, she, never know. Uh, yeah, you never know. Huh? Uh, so people, hey, people's mind can change. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, whatever yeah. whatever makes anyone happy, like that. that's what I'm most happy about. Uh, yeah. Who? All right, let's well, let's get way off topic since we're talking about the celebrities that will never actually bone. Who? Who is your? And I don't know if you, if you know you and your old lady got that. Um, uh, like a, a hall pass. Like you got like one celebrity yeah. that they'll, they'll let it go for. I know my mom's for a long time was Andy Garcia <laughs> when she saw him at the Super Bowl. I was like. <laughs> My dad's my dad's was Mariska Haggerty, which I'm like, fuck, uh, Lieutenant Benson or Detective Benson, yeah. Lieutenant. Yeah. Do you uh, who's who's your hall pass? Because I I know mine right off the top of my head. Mine's Lady Gaga. Really? Yeah. You like them short girls, huh? Short bitches. I like if I could get her with uh, when she was in that movie with the orange hair, it'd be perfect. I, uh, I think my, my, my old lady's changes. It's uh, I think hers is Matt Lafleur now. <laughs> she watched the fucking Packers game. Oh god. <laughs> my uh, my lady's is uh, uh, Jason Momoa. Well, it is he? Huh? Who's who's that? You know, fucking Jason Momoa. He was a uh, Aquaman. He's the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a big buff Samoan. He's actually from uh, Des Moines, Iowa. 
I didn't know that. Big, yeah, big buff fucking Samoan. Of course, him and the Rock are friends. <laughs> well, family, technically, I guess. Uh, mine is uh, Elizabeth Hurley. Not really. <laughs> Oof, yeah. Dude, she is... Uh, I, I, <laughs> We talked about this, and I went and looked up... Uh, I went and looked her up recently too on like Instagram and oh man, she is uh she is aging like fine wine. Like that is cl- classic gorgeous lady and she's British. Dude, she's whatever her routine is, whether it's just genetics, it, it, it's it's working. Like I got the biggest yeah. crush on her when uh when she was in Austin Powers. And every once in a while, like, you know, throughout my Adult life, like her name would pop up, like she'd be in a movie here and there, and it's just like, God damn, like, are you ever gonna age, <laughs> like at all? Like she must be a vampire. I like Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston aged well too. Yeah, like not. Now we can talk about like man crushes too, because why not? Like I saw Brad Pitt not too long ago, and that dude still like you want to talk about dudes that don't age, Brad Pitt. And Pharrell too, <laughs> like these guys. Yeah. It, it, what, about, what about Eddie Murphy? That dude was. Uh, he don't. To me, he might be looking a little older now. I haven't seen him lately, but like in the last movies I saw, man, he looks the same as he did like when I was younger. Danny Daycare. <laughs> he looks. Yeah, one day, I, I he did an interview. Like I think he was working on a couple of stand-up specials. And yeah, yeah he he was he wasn't looking too bad. Uh is, is is Eddie Murphy your man crush? Sure. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can hang out. He can rain that raw or something. <laughs> <laughs> no cause being a person. He's like, I, I love when he goes back into that Richard Pryor. And he's like, he's like, next time motherfucking calls tell him I said suck my dick tell him I have a coca smile and shut the fuck up I'm like, <laughs> oh shit that was that was a good there is some man there listen to that there is some shit that was said in that that you can't be said today I'm surprised Eddie Murphy didn't, hasn't gotten cancelled yet uh, just because yeah. of how we talked about gay people <laughs> you being in stand up too like when you're saying jokes, like you have no hate in your heart. Like if you're making people laugh and you're a comic, like you're just saying jokes just to say jokes, just to make people laugh. Like it ain't, you're not calling on shit, but man, you get 17 year old white girls on Twitter that all of a sudden want to run the whole fucking world. And it's like, man, but I, again, some of the shit that was said on that, those specials, <laughs> I, it is kind of baffling that he hasn't been canceled yet. Um, I think if Bill Hicks was still alive, Bill Hicks would have been canceled a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people just kind of let it. They they they'll let it just be because it's not modern. Nothing anyone can do about it. But I'm sure once Eddie Murphy has a special come up, something will probably come up about that. Like it came up with Dave Chappelle. And again, like I've, yeah. I've I've ran into this experience before, where, um, you know, I've I've been telling jokes, someone took it the wrong fucking way, and it was like, it was, it was a joke, and then what people will say, 
is uh what people say like I, I don't I don't know how to word this. Well people will talk about the set. More people will believe than what's actually in it. And I what Dave Chappelle was talking about, like during uh he was doing like a joke about transgenders. I heard it. Mm-hmm. I heard it as a joke, and there was a lot of transgender people that got upset. And I can't put myself in their shoes because I'm not in their position, so I don't understand why they would be upset. But that's just again, I'm not, I'm not trans, so I can't imagine why they're upset. I mean, but it's just where I can come from is letting them know. It's like, look, these are jokes. There's like not calls to violence, but again, you know, I'm I'm one of those. I'm such a like a softy. Like with any issue, I always take everyone's side. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I go, I'm I'm definitely gonna be more protective of Dave Chappelle because I'm like, bro, like this is you're a comedian, you're doing what you do. But on on the same token, uh, a lot of trans people aren't, you know, in this day and age, you know, they're trying to live their best life, and some people don't see it that way. And to maybe to keep pointing it out, I could see where they would get upset and shit like that, where it's like. Maybe I'm talking negatively about it because it's still it's in its infancy stages. I mean, this has only been like the past yeah. like ten years that you know really those uh, ten twelve years that those surgeries have been uh, been readily not readily available, but it's like it's still a new a new concept. It's it's just a a, a new a new thing, and I, I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just a new thing, especially to like meet. Well, I was in high school. It was the first time I'd ever heard of anyone transitioning. So this has been like 2008. And I'm still friends with uh, the person to this day. Just haven't talked to them a lot. Just I, like I haven't talked to a lot of people from high school. But this is like still new. So I, I could understand any kind of negativity is going to try to disrupt the flow of things. But I... Again, you know, I'm kind of just talking out of my ass. I got to go side with Dave Chappelle because he's a comedian and people laughed. And if you can't laugh at it, don't try to cancel him. Like, just voice your opinion. Say, we don't like that. Bring a strong case of why. And that's that's all it needs to be. In my opinion. In my opinion. Yeah, I get that. I just think, like, audiences and, like, and when I say audiences... When you're at Chappelle's level, you're dealing with a worldwide audience. And his jokes need to quit being headlines of articles. I mean, they're quoting them, yes, but they need to do an interview. Quit treating the stage like it's MSNBC or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, no like, shit. Do, do a lot more investigating. And, and he'll have an interview with them. Get them open up about it. Yeah, and, he, uh, he offered up to, you know, have everybody that was uh, – he he's like, let me. Your voices need to be heard. Yeah, I think I. I don't know, man. Like, I like that. I like to see that the left and right views are starting to get really pissed off at cancel culture because that shit really essentially spawned from the left, and it's gotten way out of fucking control. Yeah. Like. <laughs> You know, I, 
I didn't like to see this happen to this guy, but I just because I, I just saw him saw a video that he posted it was with Morgan Wallen. Like his neighbors are filming him, and he's talking like a bunch of hillbillies did. Wasn't meaning it in a bad manner, but he rolled the hard R and said the N word, and it's like. You can't do that when you're in the public eye because you never know who's watching. And I'm not. I'm not just yeah. saying that. Like you shouldn't, uh, shouldn't do it just because people are watching. It's like, yeah, maybe. I, the way I see it, it was like the way that black people were treated, and you know, you have those white guys. Well, why can't I say it? Well, because your fucking relatives weren't putting goddamn chains. <laughs> That's why you can't you know. fucking say. It. End of story. But then you know when that happened to him. I talked to a buddy of mine. He's a, I, I would say he's like the blackest dude I know because he's a barber. <laughs> like, I've heard because he like said something and uh, I I saw his apology. Like he kind of, he just kind of made mention of it. Like wasn't one way or another. And I sent him like what what the apology was, and I'm like, so what do you think about that? I'm like, do you think he's genuine? He goes, yeah. He's like, yeah, I think he's genuine in his apology, but he's like. And what he was saying, he's like, it was fucking unnecessary. Like, you fucked up. Don't say it again. Go make some good songs and move on. He's like, because it wasn't like he was yelling at anybody. So he looked at the situation. He's like, (laughs) he honestly goes, he goes, he goes, you know, anybody that's got time to be upset about this bullshit has more time on their hands than I do. And I envy them. And I'm like, that's true. And then uh and then Morgan Wallen comes out and puts out a song with fucking Lil Dirk. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> well, and they're like really good friends, so I go, eh, you know, it's 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 like an unfortunate circumstance, but I I mean, you know, he I guess he said he was on a drinking bender. I I d I don't know the whole details about it, but he just you hate to see shit like that happen because you're like on one hand, you're like, God damn, you know, like if those neighbors weren't filming them, fuck, none of this shit would have happened. But it's just like, fuck, you know, again, if he said that and somebody heard it, then we never would have got context. You know, if yeah. they only would have heard it and then said, maybe people wouldn't have believed him. But because the, that whole thing was recorded, people can kind of make up their own mind. So, I mean, going forward, that's why I always record all of my comedy sets because I don't want what I say to get twisted by any means. Like, if I'm up there making jokes, I'm just making fucking jokes. Like, I'm not, I'm not there advocating for shit. Like, there's the only time I'm like ever serious is when I tell people to like make sure they take care of the, the staff. And enjoy the show. Like, that's the only time I'm, like, really being serious. Like, I'll break character on stage and make sure people know that. Anything else, like, when I'm sitting at home by myself, I'm Stephen Moeller. That's it. When I'm doing this podcast, when I'm doing stand-up, I'm fucking Stevie Moe. Those are two very different people. Like, this, this, this is kind of like a blizz podcast. It's kind of like a blend. But I get to tell it in a way that I tell it, you know, so I don't know. There's there's two different sides of me, but they're both like one is just turned up more than the other. Yeah. And 
You know, you you say something, someone gets upset about it. Again, some people will be like, eh, that's just Steve being Steve. He means no harm, but other people don't understand. They they think maybe I am. So I I don't know. It's it's a weird line I gotta <coughs> I gotta walk every day. You know, and that was a I don't know, it was kind of a a weird thing for me to try to grasp, especially when I was on with working class. It was like I some of the like things I wanted to say, you know, politically or just trying to make a joke about shit didn't really always align with where the podcast was going. And I'm not, I'm not saying that in a negative manner. It was just like, there would be times I'd be trying to make like very outlandish jokes just to get a pop. But looking at it, it's like, does that really represent like the shit that like we were doing? Not exactly. No. So we kind of learned to walk that line and, I think the older I'm getting, the more I'm just like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really care about, I don't really care about like pushing the envelope as much anymore. Like if that, if that makes any sense, I'm just like, man, I just want to go up, have a good time. I want to make people laugh. I don't care about taking it too far and trying to get the shock shit anymore. It's just, I'm starting to just like get tame, <laughs> you know, and I think, I don't know. I think it's because I'm like getting to a point where like I'm starting to put this shit out there and my girl's kids are like now having access to the internet and they can easily find shit if they really wanted. So I'm like, eh, maybe I just ought not fucking do that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going soft, but if fuck it, you know, it's just, I don't really got the time and energy for it anymore. Like I hardly have the time and energy to do these, uh, these podcasts anymore. It's just, it's good. Well, since, since, since you kind of, you know, started doing stuff on your own, I've noticed like it's uh because always like when you would put a joke in and stuff like that, I would always pick up on it. And like it'd be funny as hell. Like I was sitting there listening to WCB and Steve would be over here talking about he'd make a freaking Ray Mysterio reference or something. I was like, I, I'm probably the only bitch laughing at this right now. <laughs> but like, you know, it, it's all, it was cool having stuff like that pop up. And, uh, you know, it's, but since since you've been able to kind of cut loose and stuff, like man, I'm telling you, your stuff's really it's been really enjoyable and like getting you to especially talking with guys that y'all known from uh, WCB and stuff, like it's it's been really enjoyable. Kind of you getting your one on ones with them and you can kind of bring out like the you take people like T Bone and stuff like that. You can actually bring out like stuff that we might not get to see in the media and stuff like that. And that's cool. Like, you know, T-Bone, like Chappelle show and shit like that. Like you'd never get to see that on uh outdoor channel or something. I always thought that was really cool. Yeah. And I, you know, getting this- it, that was always kind of the, the concept of this. Um, I, I, looking back, I, I do wish I had a previous, a stronger working relationship with uh WCB, but I was, you know, it's, 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 in fact that I was I was burned out. I was going through some weird shit in my life. But I always wanted to do stuff like that cuz you know, getting around the hunting guys, it was kind of like that story I told about Drury earlier, dude. It's like 
man, you can only talk hunting for so long. I mean, there's so many people that had so many other cool stories to tell and, you know, getting T-Bone on. Like, I had them on last year. I'll probably have them on this year, but talking about the Masters. Like, when it... Yeah. You thought he was knowledgeable when it comes to, like, archery and shit. And this motherfucker is really knowledgeable about uh, UFC. Like, he, like, follows it like a motherfucker. Yeah. And, uh, and golf. Like, it, his his knowledge of golf is like take one of the take one of your buddies that knows like every stat about you know football and shit and you know like all the whole history and that's he's like that it was insane like i knew he was in the in the golf like really heavily he's got friends dude when he started talking about augusta and just like describing me the layout like he it, it was like he was looking at a fucking map of this and just recalling it from his head. I'm like, how in the fuck? Dude? You know, and, you know, he liked it, too, because he goes, you know, every time he was doing a podcast, it was always the same shit, which it's in his wheelhouse. I mean, this is how he makes his money. It's how he's supposed to do. But, you know, being able to talk golf was like, yeah. it's like a refreshing thing for him. And that's always that's what I've always wanted to do with this show. You know, hell, like you run a hunting Instagram page and we like haven't even talked fucking hunting. <laughs> I, I, I told you this is where I was going to go. We mostly talk about wrestling and shit like that, but I, that's, that's what I've always wanted to do. I mean, that's, I was always the guy trying to get in, you know, those little side quips and whatever. And sometimes there wasn't a place for it. Other times it worked out really well, but at the end of the day, man, it's just you always got to do what makes you happy. And, you know, being able to talk to cats like you about, again, we, we didn't even get into hunting, but being able to talk <laughs> wrestling. I mean, fucking like that's yeah. UFOs, like, UFOs, conspiracy theories. But, and, and essentially, too, I mean, I think it's, I think it's what a lot of, a lot of people want to, want to end up doing. You know, they, Everybody has more of a story to tell than what they actually do. You know what I mean? Like, does oh, that, yeah. you know, there's guys that have wild stories, but if they were only known as like NASCAR drivers, you'd never get to hear about the first time, you know, they, I, I don't know, went on a, that's a bad example. I had no idea where that was going, but you, you, you get where I'm, where I'm coming from. There's, yeah. there's just so much other shit out there that a lot of people, uh, have passions about again. Well, like we talked about Rick Ross motherfucker has a passion for hunting or for farming. No one ever would have known that without social media. Yeah. <laughs> this is God damn. That shit just still shocks me. I'm going to, I'm definitely going <laughs> to, I'm definitely going to research into that. Like a lot more as soon as we get off here, I'm going to be fucking deep hope, into that. I'm hoping he drops like a, like a freaking barnyard mixtape or stuff. <laughs> Dude, could you imagine if he's just rapping about, far- oh my god, dude! If yeah, holy shit, dude! He's gonna be rapping about bailing hay and shit. Yeah, you know if he's doing that, Florida Georgia Lions gonna pop on there at some fucking point. Oh, good. good god! Well, other than the hunting, which I guess we could save that for a uh, part two. Uh, yeah. Is there is there anything you wanted to uh, wanted to cover or anything we? Uh, we didn't get to. I'm uh, 
Oh, wait, no, I'm not running low on beer. I was going to say, we're going to have to end this episode because I'm running low on beer, but I forgot I got a couple more in the <laughs> fridge. So <laughs> was there anything that we uh, we needed to touch on that you wanted to talk about? Nah, I was, I'm just here to bullshit, you know? Oh, fucking uh, A. Well, then, you know what? Maybe we'll get into a little bit of... Uh, of we got what? turkey season coming. Maybe I can have a damn uh, update on how turkey season's going Saturday. <laughs> so yeah, Oh, yeah, no shit. Uh, yeah. So what... Uh, so I guess briefly, we'll we'll get into it and we'll be able to have like more stories from there. What is Hunters of the Two Five Six like? Was it just a group of guys? Like, how did that all come about? Started as a Facebook page. Uh, I mean, back when Facebook was actually alive, hell, we had a Facebook page. Started it up. It was pretty much just somewhere people get on and we'll share pictures, talk about rut activity, shit like that, and uh, ended up. Starting to do events. We had uh, squirrel hunting tournaments, <laughs> kickoff parties. Uh, we had a deer contest. And we're, the biggest thing I enjoy is working with a lot of the local guys trying to start, you know, whether big or small outdoor industry type stuff. Uh, got a lot of guys that we helped uh, promote their business by, like, they uh, they would make, like, their own minerals and supplemental feed and stuff like that. We got to help them get in feed stores. I actually got a uh, – I went to college – got a marketing degree. So it was always, you know, fun for me to work with people and try to boost their business. I mean, I don't do that for business. I build houses. So it's kind of something fun to do on the side. It brings me back to, you know, what we learned in college and stuff like that. And I've always kind of had a passion for, you know, promotions, stuff like that. So it's been, it's been fun. We're we're nothing big. We're just uh, a bunch of Alabama rednecks. Most of our shit's calm. Uh, if you watch anything on our YouTube or Instagram, don't take that shit seriously. Like, <laughs> there's gonna be a corn joke or a trespass joke made. Just it's a uh, you gotta have a little sense of humor. Yeah, uh, and I, I definitely, um, I definitely want to dive deeper into like Southern hunting culture. Like, I don't think because uh, all, all I've ever grown up with here is the the midwestern hunting culture and you know i I hadn't been hunting that long until wcb started so really that's all i all i know but like i I know a couple of those guys gotten more familiar with like the western culture but um right you know southern it's a lot different um like i not every year but i try to go as much as i can with my cousins in wisconsin for uh they got like a nine day rifle season up there and uh, just the camaraderie and, you know, going, going out and drinking with your buddies after you get a deer, it's just so much different up there than it is here. Like it's almost more competition um, down here. You're looking, you shoot a 130 inch deer with a rifle. I mean, you're doing something and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's totally different than how, you know, you see stuff up North and Midwest. Yeah, it seems to it seems to me like, you know, I I, I don't again because I haven't been down there to ah, fuck. I've never actually been in the south, south. Like I've been in Miami, past Kentucky. What's that? Never been past Kentucky. No, haven't haven't been that far. I I landed in Atlanta, Georgia, and got back on a plane and ended up in Miami. This is like years ago, but you know, 
around here, I mean, we've got a bunch of deer processors, uh, taxidermists, uh, you know, it, I don't know if it's that way down there, but fuck, you see so many people just rocking camo and like stickers oh, yeah. on trucks. I mean, I, I would assume it's, it's going to be that, that way down there. But I, you know, again, when you're, you know, you're talking and you've seen the difference, like Wisconsin's going to be that to the extreme. I mean, is it, is it, I don't know how to, how to, how to word this. Is it more like, is it more part like of the or, yeah is it, is it more part of the culture up there? i mean do you notice the difference is it more part of the culture up in the you know midwest it, wisconsin area than it, it is um it's it's really cool for like you see it more in like grandfathers taking their grandsons or like father son or father daughter there's a lot of you know like my little cousin hell she's 10 she's probably killed she's she can't date none of the boys in class because she's dated or killed more deer than they have. So. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it, it's really cool with the youth. Um, and, and I say we don't have; it's not like it is up north. There's there's a hunting camp field, but it's just I, I don't know if it's because ours is so long. See, like our bow seasons opens October the fifteenth, and it rocks all the way into February. Oh wow! So that's... it's it's a real and, and our rifle season is ridiculous. Like we go in rifle season the weekend, or the Saturday before Thanksgiving, and it don't go out till February. Jesus. So, <laughs> so there's like no fucking deer here. <laughs> there, there's no fucking reason to even have a bow at that point. Fuck. No. I, after uh, after they get shot up, it's uh, I always want to stay in. You know, we're we got a lot of WMAs and stuff, public land where it's bow only. You can still take a bow out, but it's like it might you might have a hundred acre plot on public land surrounded by rifle hunters. Hell the deer just gonna be just as skittish. But uh Yeah. But it's it's uh I don't know really how to explain it. It's still a lifestyle. Like my family, uh my dad he got into hunting in his twenties, taught me and my brother, and you know, we kill a deer, we do our own process and stuff like that. You know, it's just you know, that's a, that's just a hobby and it's really not even like a hobby. It's almost like, you know, Hey, we got to get some meat in the freezer. All right. So. No, I hear that. It's, uh, but yeah, I went last year where I went to the shoot last year and talked to a lot of Iowa and Illinois boys and hell, they was showing me pictures and stuff. I was like, hell, I'm just gonna leave my phone in my pocket. <laughs> Uh, so what you want to see my 120 inch three year old? <laughs> hey, fuck it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I think we do need to get a uh, a little bit of an update on the on the turkey season, and my uh, my battery is getting ready to die here. So, um, god damn, dude, we made that we made that motherfucker two hours and ten minutes, dude. I'm pumped up about that. <laughs> <laughs> and only drank. it was I, I ain't mad at it but uh i'll uh i've got a couple of your links that i'll uh i'll put in like the facebook tag on instagram and all that stuff and uh hopefully this episode will be up oh what time is it yeah i'll i'll, I'll make sure this episode gets up tonight so 
Dude, I uh, I appreciate your time, and I hate to I hate to cut this short because I could go talk for another hour and a half. But uh, yeah, like I said, my battery's about to die. So <laughs> I appreciate you having me on, man. It's uh, like I said, it's been fun. Yeah, man, it's it's been a blast, dude. We'll uh, I know we'll continue to chat about wrestling and everything, and um, we'll uh, yeah, keep me updated on how turkey season goes. Good luck. Hopefully, you uh, smack a bird. You going with a bow or a gun? I got one. I'm gonna take a gun this weekend, but uh, we got a lot of timber here. It's it's real hard going with a bow. But I got a field. We're gonna get to hunt in Georgia. It will open two more weeks. We're gonna do bow only on it. Well, it was a year ago. We can't go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say it was a year ago that the uh, the Undertaker shot a uh, shot a turkey in Alabama. Oh, today? No, it was it was a, a year ago. Do you remember he was on? And then Michael Waddell did a podcast with him. Oh yeah. Like T-Bone sent me and he's like, send me a picture of the undertaker and, uh, um, Tyler Jordan. I'm like, I go, what the fuck? I get, I get him on the phone. I go, yo bro, what the fuck is going on? And he was actually in Wisconsin at the time. I'm like, and he goes, he goes, Hey, we were talking. He goes, Hey, I gotta let you go. I'm about to go podcast with, uh, with your boys. So he, that's when he was doing the WCB podcast. I was getting ready to do stand-up, but it was just, the shit was just wild. I'm like, why the fuck is The Undertaker killing turkeys? And I don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But, I didn't realize he was as much as a hunter as he was. I seen some pictures of him duck hunting or something, like, kind of right after he started doing the public stuff on Twitter and everything. Well, he always wanted to. It was just... Couldn't, you know, had to had to keep that image up. But now he's retired. Fuck it, do whatever he wants. Yeah. So, all right, Bubba. Well, hey, I appreciate your time. Uh, man, this was a great conversation. We're going to have to do a follow-up. And fuck, if I could get you on in a couple weeks, talk about some turkeys, and we'll, uh, we'll get it going. Sounds good, man. All right. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. All right. We'll see you. All right, guys. Hey, thank you for listening. And remember, the Wu-Tang slang is mad fucking dangerous. Later. I'm making a sticky easy debut. Yes. All right, we're just going to keep the ball rolling tonight. Uh, we're going to keep this show moving along. Uh, let's see your next comic up here. You guys ready to meet your next comic, your headliner for the night, if you will? Yeah? Don't get excited yet. Don't get excited yet. Just a warning. Uh, this is a very funny man. Uh, when I first met this man, I wasn't doing stand-up at the time. Uh, he's the only person in comedy in the comedy world about say that I knew before I started doing comedy. And the first time I met this guy, we were sitting out in my buddy's garage, and he's looking at a can of Keystone Light, and he looks at me and he goes, "Yeah, I need a piece of shit that big to get some pussy." Give it up for Stevie Mo, everybody. <laughs> I'll give it over Steve Jennings still with True Life Stories. I only wish I made Keystone and then thin cans like they do Bigelow. Because I have eaten shit for pussy. And I can tell everybody looking at me like, God damn, how bad do you need pussy? Well, fucking look at me, Jesus. Everyone doing good tonight? Alright, St. Patty's Day, everyone's drinking? God damn. Like, I know you guys saw the size difference between me and Steve, and it's like, 
gas prices last year versus what they are now? Fucking <laughs> okay, incredible. Everyone out here celebrating the fantastic day of St. Patrick's. What does that even mean? Like, what is St. Patrick's Day even? The last thing I knew about St. Patrick was he uh, got all the snakes out of Ireland. Why are we fucking drinking to that? Right, we live here? Yeah. No. I don't know. Something that's uh, to be celebrated is, uh, you guys know who Jesse Smollett is? Right, yeah, guy who lied about getting the shit beat out of him. Tell you what, I know every prisoner in that jail that he's gonna go to is so fucking happy right now. Cause imagine the shit they're gonna be able to get away with. Like they can do anything, like what's he gonna go to? Tell the fucking guards, oh, he put his weenie in my butt. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, fucking right. Like, all those other guys beat the fuck out of you. All right, I'm starting to realize maybe I shouldn't talk about racial tensions wearing a camo hat. <laughs> starting to pick up that vibe. And I, I know how to play a crowd, guys, all right? I, uh, earlier today, I was taking a shit. And a handicap stall, like I do, because fuck, what's the chances, right? <laughs> and I'm taking a shit, and I'm on TikTok, I'm like, fuck, this is awesome, you know, this is a, this is high V. How many handicapped people have you ever seen inside of a high V? <laughs> it was just my fucking luck, guess who comes wheeling in? And I'm in the only stall, and then it's like, it, it's like in a movie, you see like the wheels, and you start seeing the door like starting to pull, I'm like, alright, first of all, like, you're in a wheelchair, like, your legs don't work, your brain doesn't fucking work, alright? So, <laughs> that, that, that's the first thing that made you say, what the fuck, a fat fuck, we're in planned camo. Damn, this lady's been on TikTok, so sad. Anyways, pulling on the door, and all of a sudden, like, I pop out. The guy confronts me, and he's like, hey, dipshit, what are you doing? That's my stall. You don't look fucking handicapped, and I just looked at him, I go, let's go Brandon. <laughs> he's like, oh, my bad, my bad, man, shit. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> I got one guy laughing over here that's fucking dying. <laughs> I didn't see him, brother, you all right? Fuck, I see you wearing green. You've been smoking the green, too? God damn, this... Look at this fucking crew, Jesus Christ. Hey, you guys, are you sure you guys are 21? Yeah, 22. Yeah, 22. Jesus fuck. College students? Uh, masters. Masters. What are you trying, are you trying to flex on, bro? <laughs> fucking masters. Don't cross your legs when you're talking to me. Talk about masters. Oh, good, because I'm about to finger her in the alley because you were so disrespectful. <laughs> He's about to have a heart attack. You're going to have a heart attack, you skinny motherfucker, you. Yeah, dude, you got any weed on you? What the fuck is wrong with you? Why do you got weed on you? You're up here fucking giggling like a motherfucker, first row the fuck. Anyway, I want to talk about her. Ma'am, why you got your coat over your legs? What is that? Is, is, is the air blowing on you? Yes. You don't like things blowing on your legs down there? 
I'm fed as fuck. The only thing I got is eating pussy, man. We were going to be in for a bad, bad night. In case you guys don't know, I'm bad at talking to women. Last fucking date I went on, this lady had to find out how white trash I was. When I told her, I was like, hey, man, please, please don't pull into this Arby's yet. This puddle of mud song just came on that. I haven't heard it in forever. It's a bunch of construction guys. 
And I remember I was going to the beer cooler, and it's a Tuesday, so I'm grabbing two fucking tall boys. That guy looks at me, he goes, God damn, how far away do you live? I'm holding my two fucking tall boys away, bro. What fucking far drive is that? That's how you know when you got a problem, when you gauge how far you drive by how many beers you can drink in between. Like, I figured out that Des Moines was a six pack, maybe a five and a half pack, depending on if I'm playing on my phone. <laughs> like, if I'm driving to Peoria to pick up cocaine, it's like two tall boys on the way there, only a half a fucking four logo on the way back, you know? It's, I hate shit. Uh, I, uh, I'm gross. I'm gross. I'm getting a friend of that. You're smiling. I, I, I like making you smile. It makes me think I'll be able to fuck you too. Like, all right, I'm just trying to show the whole front row. Let me try. I, I gotta, don't worry. I jerked off before this show, so I'll be able to, I'll be able to last. There's a couple guys on the right, what's up? Kind of white t-shirts, like... Yeah, I, uh... I made, uh, I made some grown-up decisions this week. I, uh, I changed the soap that I use in the shower. I'm no longer using Irish Spring because, uh, because my girlfriend says, you can't use that because that's the same one my husband uses. I changed it. I was proud of myself. My dad was fucking pissed. He's like, "Why are you changing our soap, dipshit?" <laughs> now, hold on. Before you guys look too far into that, like I'm not dating my mom. Like this isn't like some porn up step family bullshit. I happen to live with my parents in their basement. It's weird because it's a basement a double wide. Super special night for the Nightcaps. The first night ever they're doing this. Yeah! Get excited. This is what you guys feel. You guys are pacing me. Come on, fucking crowd. We're sitting here. Some very hardworking individuals are going to get up here and get fucking hammered. Not me, but some other people are. And uh, I'm going to leave you guys with this. Uh, a couple weeks ago, this is, this is devastating. It's been on my mind, so I just need to get it out to you guys. I had a uh, had someone let me know how fake pro wrestling is. That really fucking hurt my feelings. I'm not 32 years old. Like, you don't need to tell me, like, you know, pro wrestling is so fake. It's so fake. I felt like I had this snap, and I was just like, okay, I, 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 fine. Pro wrestling is fake. Huh, thank God. You mean to tell me that Chris Benoit didn't actually kill his fucking family that was all a fucking ruse? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm so excited. All right, my name's Stevie Moe. Thank you guys so much. One more time for Stevie Miller, everybody.